Now, the Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. It's an amazing figure this morning making the papers. I was reading it in the Sun today. There was uh, 257,500 criminal offences recorded um, in uh, 2023. That's a lot. How do we have that figure so fast? Because of the Garda Pulse system. Uh, tw- nearly 260,000 offences of different forms, all criminal. And of those, uh, well over almost 33,000 of them were offences uh, committed by people who were out on bail. So 33,000 criminals uh, and criminal incidents were committed by people who were out on bail last year and the Justice Minister says she's got to do something about it as to what that is. Who knows? Uh, figures are slightly down on 2022, but again it makes it begs the question about bail. Is it too freely given for people who go on to offend while out on bail and figure... I'm going down, so I might as well go down for a couple of extra while I'm at it. While some are going into jail, one is coming out of jail. And the Red Tops, and reading from the Star this morning, say that Oscar Pistorius will be released from prison today. Uh, And he's got very strict conditions uh, with regards to staying at the family home. He served nearly nine years for the murder sentence because he fatally shot his girlfriend, Reva Steenkamp, uh, remember Steenkamp, uh, Reva Steenkamp was shot multiple times uh, through the closed toilet door. Uh, it was in the middle of the night, uh, just before dawn, Valentine's Day 2013. And of course, it absolutely captured the imagination, the attention of the whole world, particularly uh, the trial that led to his incarceration. So that makes the papers today. A topic we've been dealing with, of course, uh, quite regularly on this programme, of course, is the scourge of drugs of all sorts. And uh, it's suggested in the sun today that um, this this nitazine, right, Uh, It's a synthetic drug, nitacine. It's being sold as heroin, but it's not heroin. In fact, it's like 10 times stronger than heroin, much more dangerous than heroin, much more stronger and dangerous than than morphine and and things like that in the wrong hands. But apparently it's being suggested uh, by the HSE that it may have been, um, you know, released onto the Irish market, primarily in Dublin and Cork, to test the market. I wonder what they mean by testing the market, uh, testing it to see if they'd roll out the nitazine uh, to drug dealers around the world. It's lab-made, it's synthetic, ten times stronger uh, than heroin. Of course, we were talking a lot about drug debt yesterday, and I still have more texts and and, and very sad emails on that topic of conversation. Now, uh, there's a lot of issues around uh, on Garda Shikana and the work that they do, and we're going to have more Gardaí now monitoring yet another proposed refugee asylum centre, again in the heart of Dublin. You know what happened over the Christmas when a pub was burnt down. Well, there is another one now that's being earmarked. It's a a former nursing home in Ballsbridge. It's got 220 beds and it will house refugee families who will be moving in in the coming days. So the Mail this morning on its front page talk about monitoring of the the Gardaí or monitoring this new refugee asylum centre because they don't want that to be burned in an arson attack. Uh, A lot of the papers carry um, the uh, release of files of names of all sorts of different people regarding Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, And many of them have photographs on the front and inside pages of some of the people who actually attended parties of Epstein down through the years. It doesn't mean any guilt. I mean, one of the people, of course, who's constantly being accused of all sorts of... uh, Uh, misbehaviour is uh, Prince Andrew Uh, and many, many papers have uh, many, particularly the the Red Tops have page after page of different photographs of people including Bill Clinton Stephen Hawking, Michael Jackson Donald Trump and lots more who were at parties uh, of, uh, of Epstein on islands and indeed swanky pads that Epstein owned all over America 
and down in the Caribbean. Um, the papers also this morning talk about workplace fatalities um, and Cork actually accounted for the highest number of work-related fatalities. And, and wouldn't you know it, it's farming and construction the two most dangerous areas to work in. And these are fatalities. They don't even talk about the amount of injuries, a lot of them life-changing and serious, many of them spinal injuries, for instance, as an example. But farming and construction, with Cork accounting for the highest amount, it shows that in 2023, uh, there was 43 work-related fatalities nationwide. And here in Cork alone, uh, we had uh, seven of them uh, in farming and construction primarily. Uh, Papers also this morning talk about the month of January itself, and Dr. Eva is talking about that it should be a month off the booze to give your liver an opportunity to detox, perhaps maybe even after the Christmas uh, and also to lose a bit of weight uh, and, you know, get fitter uh, and get uh, trimmer. Um, uh, so staying dry. I don't know how people now anymore go for a, a dry January. I know that November, the All Souls um, month, of course, is a, is a time when uh, people tend to you know, hunker down in, in preparation maybe for Christmas or maybe a kind of a lean month in November. But January then historically would be the one when people would give up the drink uh, and maybe hit the gym uh, and uh, lose a bit of weight and tone up. Um, one way of, li- of losing a bit of weight uh, and, of course, also reducing food waste, and I will come back to this a little later on, is a proposal from the Agriculture Minister, Charlie McConlogue, who says that restaurants are serving too much food on plates. Now, I, I will come back to it a little later on in further detail, but we have a serious problem, he says, with food waste. And the last statistical evidence, according to the examiner this morning, is 2020, when there was over 770 tonnes of food waste and if portions were smaller we'd cut down on food waste he's saying and he says himself I'm sick to death of it he says anytime I go to a food outlet I'm tired of saying that's enough I don't want any more food on my plate he says it's much better not to overload somebody's plate but allow somebody to come back from set for seconds like I mean if you think about that that would only happen if you're eating at a carvery Right? Or you're serving yourself at a buffet or you're sitting down for beef or salmon at a wedding. Like where else can you tell somebody, I don't want any more food? They bring the food from the kitchen and put it down in front of you. And could you imagine the amount of restaurants that would go out of business if they started cutting back on portions but didn't cut back on price? I mean, people would vote with their feet and say, I'm not going back there anymore. They've caught way back. I mean, it's bad enough with regards to shrinkflation of biscuits and bars of chocolates and stuff like that. But anyway, your thoughts are welcome. Do restaurants serve too much food? I mean, do you leave a lot on your plate? Remember now, here I sound as if I'm lecturing, that we eat through our eyes initially. We see and we're pleasured by the plate of food and then we enjoy the experience of eating it. So, I mean, you could always go for a half portion, I suppose, if they'd serve half portions. Or you could go for a kid's portion. Not the kid's menu, because... God knows kids' menus need an awful lot of work, don't they? But anyway, and it also, I suppose, it would also mean not just main courses being too big with too much on the plate, but desserts as well. But then people go to specific... I know, for instance, Eco in Dublin, Douglas has great, got great menu and great food. But I know an awful lot of people who love going to Eco primarily for the desserts because they're just a wow. And they ain't small, I can tell you. But anyway, your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. And I love uh, Laura Colgan's star uh, column... She's in New York and writes from New York in the Star on a regular basis, but she's missing the food from home. And I know we spoke about a lot about this when we were doing the patty boxes in December and what have you. But she says the food just isn't the same there. Nothing tastes the same. The milk is pasteurized and preserved to death. 
doesn't taste like Irish milk. The bread is full of sugar and it doesn't taste like real Irish bread. The meat tastes different because of the farming and the feeding practices there. So nothing is the same. And she misses all sorts of stuff. I mean, she does miss the Cadbury's chocolate bars. She's not a Cork woman, so she, I mean, she decides that uh, maybe Lion's tea would be better than Barry's tea. I don't know about that. She's not a fan of Tato crisps. She goes for a product called King Crisps. I mean, I have vaguely heard of them, and I'm sure that they're lovely, but they ain't no cheese and onion tato crisp. No disrespect to them. Uh, But she does talk about the full Irish fry-up and the Irish stew and the home-cooked dinners. Uh, A quick meal like beans on toast or a bowl of cereal or a ham toasty are all off the menu in New York, she. My my buddy Tom McCarthy, who's from Cork and has a couple of pubs and restaurants in New York, I brought him to the Briar Rose there last summer, um, and he saw on the menu was a, a, a toast especially. He said, oh my God, you just would not get a toasted special sandwich in New York or America and he had it a little side order of chips on the side and a lovely little bit of salad and he thought it was the nicest thing he ever ate and he's due back there again I think on another trip for the Irish toasted sandwich don't you love anyway your thoughts on that are welcome with regards to food related stories text 0868104106 and I love this story actually of an Irish inventor by the name of Colin O'Brien he's a Dubliner he got 80 grand out of the UK Dragon's Den he had a few different ideas and he's an inventor but one of them that's very interesting is his clothesline it's called Peggy Rain his clothesline actually is named after his mother Margaret and Peggy is short for Margaret. So she was always playing. He, he asked her once, this is me talking now, this isn't in the article, but he once asked his mother, is there anything I can do to make life a little simpler for you? And she said, would you come up with some kind of an invention that would help me, that I don't have to race out to the line when I see it starting to rain? And he did. And without overcomplicating it, this is for a clothesline that goes from A to B in a straight line. It won't work for the twirly ones. We have a twirly one in the back garden. But the old-fashioned clothesline, apparently, it has this cover, like, a, like oh, for all important purposes, like a tarp or a, like a tent. And it sits on one side of the clothesline. And there's a tablet. And when it rains... The water hits the tablet. There's no mechanics involved in this electrically anyway. The whole thing is done differently. But as soon as it starts to rain and the tablet starts to get affected by the water, this tarp, this tarpaulin, this sheet of plastic goes right over across the line and covers all of the washing and keeps it dry. And he wowed the judges on the Dragon's Den with that and I just think that's a great story for a Friday morning. Papers also talk, and I, I mentioned this last year, but there's even more information out now because Free, Ma- Free Now, the uh, mobility app for taxis, has now come out with the everything and anything that people are leaving behind in taxis in the year of 2023. Over 6,000 items were left in the back seats of taxis uh, in 2023 in Ireland. Now the biggest culprits or Dublin, but much of that is by virtue of the population. We come in second. But you, you can understand many of the, the normal ones. Like, for instance, I can understand why it would be, say, for instance, a mobile phone. That tops the list. And after that, it's a, a wallet uh, or keys or AirPods or headphones. But there are other ones being left in the back of Irish and perhaps Cork taxis. I'd love to hear from taxi drivers on side. The craziest thing that people have left in the back seat of your taxi. Text 0868104106. Get dialing on that one, you Cork taxi men and women who are listening to me. But other ones include um, a tent, a ukulele. You can't be leaving your ukulele behind. A duvet. Mother of God. Firewood. Uh, even people's dentures and false teeth. Luxury items like Christian Louboutin heels. Be taking, I suppose people would take the heels off because they're uncomfortable and they want to get that opportunity for their legs to breathe. 
but they forgot to put them back on. Maybe they had a few jars on board. A Chanel bag, Gucci loafers, and Prada sunglasses. Some of the other ones that have been found. All of those are pretty high-priced items. I don't see anywhere in this research of uh, Free Now saying that people left behind their unfinished fish and chips or their half-eaten burger or their spice bag or their... Maybe the the bones and the remnants of their hillbillies snack box, but there you have it. So get texting uh, taxi people what's being left in the back of your taxis. Oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. And it's uh, going to go along and have a look at it this afternoon because I'm informed. I know it is because I've photographed the fireman's hut. It is now in situ at Anglesey Street at the fire station. Uh, there's still a little bit of work needs doing to it. It's 120 years old, but the work that's been done so far, uh, it looks absolutely gorgeous and an absolute credit to all those involved in the work. And it's on the most beautiful concrete plinth and it really does look fabulous. I have a before and after picture of it. It was an absolute wreck a shambles. It wouldn't be fit to be broken up and burnt on the fire at one stage, but now it just looks the biz. There is a suggestion that it's cost upwards of €400,000 to refurb it. We asked City Council to um, uh, to confirm or deny that it was four hundred grand, and they said the works to refurbish and install the fireman's hut are yet to be completed, so we don't have the overall costings for the project just yet. But the number knocking around is four hundred grand. Now that could be that could be fake news. We'll have to find out. But it looks gorgeous, uh, and I think there will be an official ov- you know, unveiling at some stage. But it's there on Anglesey Street to go and have a gawk. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork, the Neil Prenderville Show. It's the best in Cork on Red FM. Lines are open. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. And also, as always, email neil at redfm.ie. Before I get stuck into a lot of new business, of course, we've been covering a lot of ground over the last few days. And some of the sad stories, of course, involved uh, people who were scourged by debt from drugs and drug debt. uh, And families, of course, having then to pick up the debt themselves. Here is yet another. I don't want to give. I don't give out. I don't give out details of people who don't wish their private details to be given out. So uh, appreciate that as I tell you this story. I was listening to your show about gang, uh, drug gangs, and drug debts. I'm from a small place in East Cork, and drug debts have destroyed my family. I have family currently doing prison sentences for carrying drugs for drug dealers. Over the years, I have paid off over €35,000 to gangs to protect my home and my younger children. I had to borrow and even take a redundancy package from my very good job to keep the dealers away. It's just astonishing. The guards can only catch the small fry dealers who never have anything on them when raided. I approached a very senior guard official uh, when this started years ago. His advice on it was to pay the gang because they have zero respect for life and zero respect for property, as in pay them because they will never go away. And that was from a senior guard. I did pay, but even though uh, the debts were paid, my son could not escape their clutches and was then used to fetch and carry until eventually he became a chronic heroin addict. Thankfully, he was caught in possession and sentenced to a long prison sentence. I say thankfully, incidentally, because I know he is safe now, at least for the next few years, and I can sleep some bit at night. Realistically, there is not enough services available in Cork City and County to help our young people who are no longer start, who no longer start out on weed, but go straight to cocaine, as it's so cheap and plentiful in every town and village in Cork. 
And every town and village in Cork is awash with serious drugs. Kids growing up now need to be educated and have available services in abundance. And drugs are like rats. They're everywhere you turn. I know for a fact that in my small town, it's easier to get heroin, weed or coke uh, than to get a loan of a tenor from someone. Obviously, don't give out my details. We do not wish to be identified. Son's in jail now and hopefully you'll come out the better person for it. Uh, but the parents paid off €35,000 uh, to dealers. Um, and of course, this would not have been the full amount of money that was owed on the drugs, but huge amounts of interest that mounted up on top of it. Uh, imagine that, even quitting your job and taking a redundancy package to pay the dealers even that. So that's just following up on some of the conversations we had yesterday. I put a call, we put a call into David Lane, who's the HSE coordinator on drug and alcohol services. We speak a lot, actually, and we spoke recently about nidazine, uh, the um, drug that's scourging Ireland now, pretending to be heroin. But I just wondered whether or not they ever come across issues and incidents of drug debt and the consequences of those. So, David, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Do you? Curious, do you? We do. Um, and look, for many years, Neil, we've had programmes not only for people who are caught up in addiction, but also concerned persons. So for family members, friends of people who get caught up in addiction. Um, and the stories we've heard down through the years um, would frighten you, uh, certainly in relation to that uh, drug-related debt and the intimidation and violence that actually can happen then as a result of all of that. And what kind of advice or direction is given to families that might have a 5 or a 10? I mean, that, that email there was a €35,000 drug debt. Yesterday in the Echo, there was eleven grand, and then there was a second one for seven grand. Even when the family bailed out the lad for eleven grand, he then went and ran up another seven grand debt. It's like, what, what is the advice? Is it, to, is it to pay it or what? Um, look, I suppose within treatment services, we're kind of skilled in relation to be able to deal with uh, some of the, the, I suppose, the challenges that people have in relation to the addiction itself, Neil. When it comes to issues of security, personal safety and all of that, um, you know, the Gardaí are better placed to deal with those kinds of questions. No, one of the things that I've been speaking to one of your researchers on uh, since yesterday about this issue, like, is that uh, a new national programme has started in the last 12 months. Um, so it's called the DRIVE Project. It's the Drug-Related Intimidation and Violence Engagement Project. Um, it is a national programme and it's an interagency programme. Like, so it does involve um, people from the HSE, from on Garda Síochána, uh, the the National uh, Drugs Unit and the, the Organised Crime Bureau as well um, and the Regional and Local Drug and Alcohol Task Forces as well. Um, so what we have found over the last 12 months in terms of trying to establish this particular programme is that, um, you know, those key stakeholders, those people who have the skills and experience to be able to deal with those kinds of questions that you're raising there this morning um, can come together and provide some kind of response to families who are struggling. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, let's say debt was cleared. Uh, do, you, do, you, do you ever find that if the addiction hasn't been sorted, that debt may be cleared, but another debt will be run up again by that, by that son or daughter or person who's, who's in, the, in the throes of addiction? That's exactly it, Neil, and we have seen it. And, um, you know, that's one of the, the challenges for any family to deal with a situation like this, like that if the underlying addiction is not um, addressed, then people who continue in active addiction will continue then to work up a new debt in relation to anything that might have been cleared uh, with drug dealers and uh, people who are uh, intimidating families in relation to drug debt. You don't have any uh, skin in the game with regards to the 
criminal aspect of all of this do you and, and the role of Angarda Shikona I mentioned it because I see text after text after text saying that a lot of the time the Gardaí know who the dealers are but they don't seem to in the eyes of the public to be taking it serious enough to arrest them bring them to court and jail them well, look, there are lots of legal challenges around uh, that, that whole criminal justice system, uh, Neil, in relation to um, uh, prosecuting people who are caught, who are who are kind of on that kind of uh, in that underworld in terms of um, you know uh, intimidating families and um, and I suppose bringing violence in relation to um, people who owe uh, significant sums of money uh, to drug dealers. Like you know, so those are very significant challenges. Like, but you know, this drive project that I just spoke to you about, like, I mean, to have senior Gardaí in stations across the country who can support uh, and, and give advice to families who are uh, dealing with these kinds of challenges, uh, this is an important first step for us. Like, so we have nominated inspectors um, in Cork here um, who's, uh, who's, uh, who have responsibility in relation to supporting families uh, around uh, drug-related intimidation and uh, and violence, I know that. I know that, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to criticise the initiative. It's, it's a damn good one. But time after time, we hear of people who say they are afraid to go to the guards. It could be a five, ten, fifteen, <laughs> twenty grand debt. They're afraid to go to the guards and report it because they know that the consequences of that will be some kind of reprisal and it will just make life worse for them. Do you know what I mean? And that's why it's important because I suppose one of the one of the one of, one of the things that we're trying to do in terms of this initiative is to have an informal channel on this as well, Neil. You know, so uh, people do have that fear in terms of if I go to Garda Shikana then I'll have to make a statement, then I'll have to get um caught up in a criminal justice uh, you know, process and people don't want to do that uh, because of a uh, fear and and many good reasons in relation mm. to that. But, you know, to have an informal channel as well, to be able to speak with somebody who's um, competent and experienced in terms of dealing with, um, you know, drug-related intimidation and violence, that uh, to, to be able to speak informally to people as well is hugely important. Um, you know, so this is this project is, to, uh, is opening the door in terms of being able to, uh, you know, offer uh, families and individuals an opportunity to speak on an informal basis with an experienced member of Angerda Shikona. There was, a, there was a conversation I had yesterday with a, a woman on air regarding her son and, and it, was, it stuck in my mind. She was saying that they didn't actually realise that their son had a problem until it was actually too late. Um, yeah. in, in the sense that what, there was no signs to see. It was, it, was, it was the story of Christine talking about her, her late son, Leon. Um, I'm sure he would have gone through you know, cannabis and then maybe alcohol and from there to opioids and uh, amphetamines and from there on to maybe cocaine and, and eventually overdosed on, on heroin. What should parents be, what, what should parents be looking out for? Um, look, uh, it is very compli- complicated, uh, Neil. You know, so when people um, are using, they can be very effective in terms of hiding uh, their use. Um, so, I mean, you know, at a very basic level, people, you know, and families who are kind of worried about situations like this may see certain signs within the home, uh, certain changes in behaviour, you know, people, uh, you know, maybe hiding, um, you know, their, you know, I suppose their their use. And, you know, I suppose the the change in behaviour would be one of the big things that families could look out for. As in mood change, Uh, is it? Yeah, all that kind of stuff, Neil. And look, I mean, I know schools would be very uh, clued in as well. 
uh, teachers and um, you know I suppose particular services within schools as well homeschool yes and teachers and, and many others uh, in recognising maybe things that might be going on for an individual and um, that sort of suggests that there's some change in relation to somebody um, you know beginning to experiment with with drugs and you know what can be done then in terms of supporting families around that yeah. I mean one of the things that we have found over the years Neil is that you know that whole thing around um, shame and guilt uh, in relation to uh, family members getting caught up in relation to addiction those are the kinds of things that prevent people coming forward looking for help um, and you know one of the things that we're trying to kind of really get the message out there on is that um, you're not alone in the first instance you know so uh, don't be afraid to reach out for help um, and you know uh, people have gone through this before and, and people have come out the other side as well so there is a message of hope here for us to share you know that's um, you know, don't cut yourself off from others. You know, so if you're a family member, if you're a concerned person, a parent who's concerned in relation to maybe a child that they have, there are services there. Like, you know, so we've been establishing a number of hubs across uh, Cork and Kerry over the last number of years so that there is local, um, there's local supports available for people. Like, you know, so, yeah. you know, quite often, you know, we can get caught up in this kind of urban rural kind of divide as well where, you know, people in rural areas will say, look, we don't have any services near us. So what we've been trying to do over the last couple of years is actually have hubs across the region in Cork and Kerry. So we'd actually have a hub in West Cork and North Cork and East Cork and in Kerry as well where people can actually pick up the phone and speak to people who are skilled in relation to dealing with many of these challenges. Okay, and I'll give out a helpline number in a few minutes' time. Just be, before I let you go, I just referenced a story regarding nitazine in the papers this morning. This is the lab-made synthetic opioid. Um, yeah. It's being sold as heroin, but it's not, um, and, it, and, it's, and it's deadly. I see the, the overdoses on Lee's side with regards to this have reached, reported anyway, at least, at least, at least 20. But they're, but they're saying that dealers were testing the market, according to the HSE. What, what, what would that mean, do you know? Well, look, I mean, when any kind of new drug emerges, Neil, uh, sometimes uh, those who are selling the drug don't know the potency of the drug itself. So one of the things that can happen is that um, a drug could arrive in a market um, and its potency is uh, much more significant than would be expected. So they will sell a certain quantity of it um, to see the impact that it might have in terms of users. Um, and, you know, what we did see just before Christmas was that significant number of overdoses happened in a very short space of time. So we were able to issue an alert. And, you know, you know that, that shows very quickly that, um, that there is a substance in circulating that's mm. much more powerful than what would maybe normally be uh, used by people who are caught up in addiction. That's what they mean by testing the market. And this, <clears throat> this, yeah. uh, this nitazine is mixed, with, I'm told, with paracetamol, um, uh, and caffeine, I think, is that right? They'll try to, you see, and this is it. What they will try to do is, you know, and, and for anyone who's dealing in drugs, they don't want the people who are actually going to be uh, buying the product from them to die because their market dies with with them. Then, and so, you know, there is that challenge that's there uh, in terms of watering down the substance so it doesn't have that kind of impact in terms of people going into overdose situations and then dying as a result of yeah. their use. They're not interested at all in their good health. They're just interested in repeat customers coming back for more. Absolutely, Neil. Uh, getting money and getting as much money as they can. Thanks so much, David, as always. David Before Lane. Go, can, yeah. I just, yeah. can I just share that, that, that email, maybe, or the, not the email, the, the um, website address for 
you know, where to go for help in terms of nominated inspectors. Be my guest. So it's uh, www.driveproject.ie. Very straightforward. And, and if people go into that, is uh, that they need to? There is a, a section within that website then where they can actually get the names of the nominated inspectors in uh, uh, in guard stations across the country. Thanks so much, David. As always, David Lane, HSE coordinator of Drug and Alcohol Services. www.driveproject.ie for those of you that may be listening that might have issues with a, a loved one and drug debt uh, and would like to have some kind of liaison or interaction with Angarda Shikona, driveproject.ie. The helpline actually for everyone and anyone that actually needs help themselves or indeed for a loved one is 1-800-459-459. It's a Monday to Friday, half nine to half five service. 1-800-459-459. If you could be a a mother concerned about your 15-year-old son on weed and you want to understand how to handle the situation and try and help him to stop or someone who's been using cocaine and alcohol and find out what services are available. To give other examples of, say, a woman uh, finding the uh, that each time she goes out, uh, she gets drunk. Uh, she's concerned that she's been uh, able to, she's not been able to drink more moderately and it's a problem in that regard. So the 1-800 number is, is fantastic. It covers a very wide gambit. 1-800-459-459. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. I need this house in the city that's openly dealing drugs seven days a week. These scumbags open the door as early as eight in the morning and keep the door wide open for people to purchase their drug of choice. They walk in and they walk out. It's a walk-in service. And it's not only adults who are going into this house, but children too. I've seen kids as young as 14 years old getting drugs there. And then you have one or two guys standing outside as watchouts. More than likely, they've never worked a day in their lives. One of the lookouts um, has a girl called to the house once or twice a week with a buggy. And uh, something is always dropped off from the buggy uh, to the house. I've seen it with my own eyes. You can work out what's being handed over. These kids should be taken off them so they don't grow up in the same generation of thugs and dealers. I see this every day because I live on the street and this is going on for years. It's absolutely disgusting and a disgrace how these scum are left get away with it uh, regarding what they are doing. The Gardaí, the TDs, the council in the area all know about this, yet still allow it open for business. Hope you get to read this out to put people wide of it, but don't give out my own details. Thank you for that. Another one here. Don't give out my details, but drug dealers are watching too much love-hate and think they're the bosses of the place. Bring back the vigilantes and run the scum out. It boils my blood how they target the weak and target their families uh, or single mothers that are struggling and have to give up their money every week. They wait at the post office and they take the dole money from their victims. They drive around in their fancy cars and wearing designer clothes and handbags while the poor and the vulnerable pay. Well, that's an interesting one from the point of view. A texter is suggesting that some of them do live a luxurious, affluent lifestyle. Uh, When you look at things like Love, Hate and other TV shows like it, you see them living a paranoid, kind of a grimy life. Uh, but anyway, not, not all of them, it would seem. Uh, text 0868 on that. Pick up the phone on 0818 
104, 106. Lots of other texts then on different topics over the past few days. Don't even start me on the NCT anytime I mention the word NCT, of course. The texts start coming in um, because we were talking yesterday about the cars that pass, the cars that fail. The report was out on the different things that cars fail from. And then you guys have been having your tuppence worth on the topic as well. My son failed his NCT recently for a coloured bulb that was in his car since it was manufactured. It's called a visual fail. It had passed with this for the five previous years. And when he told them that it passed every year, they said, well, it isn't passing today. It's just a money-making racket, Neil. One other one. My car passed the NCT, and I came home and parked it in the drive for about an hour. When I went to drive the car, it just wouldn't start. My mechanic thinks the car was revved revved up too high in the test centre. And my car had to be scrapped. Can't come on air, but can you also talk about how bad people's driving has become? At least once a day, you'll see people running red lights, blocking yellow boxes and junctions. It has just got all too ridiculous. I also know of another story, and this is fact now, absolute gospel. Because the person that it happened to told me the story, and I 100% believed them. Uh, NCT, SUV, down it goes, comes out, passes the NCT test, is driving up Tivoli, just passing the flyover there by Kevin O'Leary's, bang, front right tyre blows out. Uh, manages to negotiate the car into Kevin O'Leary's, parks it up, comes out, says to the guys, can you help me with this? They take a look at the tyre and they say, oh my God, I can't believe you haven't been killed in that car. Your front right tyre is down to the wire, as in the metal strip wire and that circumnavigates the tyre itself. <laughs> so they took it off and put on a brand new tyre. How does a car pass an NCT and then within half an hour the tyre blows out because it's down to the wire anyway text 0868104106 on that one back to the phone lines we go Bernard joins me about WhatsApp Bernard good morning Bernard O'Hare advocate very much of the time for people who have been through some of the addictions and issues in their life that he's been through can you hear me Bernard Okay, not for now. We'll come back in a couple of seconds after the break. Sort that line out. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork. The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. The voice of Cork. Neil Prendeville. Weekdays 9 to midday. Cork's Red FM. Okay, I started out the WhatsApp line. Bernard, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Listen, fair play to you. Thanks for being so open and honest about your own trials and tribulations and your own battles and journeys in the past. Just on the aspect I've been talking about since, uh, you know, yesterday and the issues of drug yeah. debt. You you experienced drug debt and, and it's a very good example of a drug debt. If, if you owed 2000 at one stage, sadly for the drugs you were consuming, the actual debt for that two grand was 14000 How How, how, how yeah. come? Yeah. Well, this, you know, I just want to say this quickly. Uh, despite what some people have said in the last few years, I didn't leave Sligo other than, and I'm not proud of it, it was a drug debt, you know. But what happened was that... Uh, was, was that was the reason you left, is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely, man. I was getting it from all sides. I mean, some heavy-duty people, and not just little scuts on the street, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was listening to what Thomas Gould was saying yesterday and I actually agree everything word for word 110% because I've lived it and you know but what happened was that there was, I had a debt in, in around 2010 now it, it, it had roughly started about a year before that so it just kind of built up and built up like things were just it, it was just like a bomb waiting to go off you know what I mean and um, I was talking to Seamus there and I've talked to Seamus a lot about this but 
it was at 2,000 euros at most, right? So we came to this agreement with this one particular fella where every Friday, you know, you get, I used to get paid on a Friday and it was um, 200 euros every week until the debt was paid off and it was like grand, that's something. No, I didn't even, all I was on at the time was social welfare, so it was basically took every cent I had. Yeah. And, um, and then I did get a little bit of a cash in hand job. But anyways, on the Friday, I was supposed to pay him and I usually meet him on the Friday. And then sometimes my boss couldn't come in till the following morning. So next thing, like I knew there was never a problem with my boss, you know. Um, but then I'd ring your man and say that, uh, look, he's not going to be here until the morning. He goes, well, I want it this evening. I was like, well, I don't have it this evening, you know. Yeah. You end up, this is one of the demoralizing things, is like you end up nearly begging for your life, so to speak. So your man go, right, he goes, if, I'll, I'll wait till the morning, but I'm putting another thousand on the bill. I'm like, but I only owe you 200 euros and you know you're getting the first thing in the morning. And he goes, yeah, but we arranged to pay for it on a Friday. I was An like, extra thousand yeah. for being a day late. Yeah. And this is, of course, yeah, there's nothing I, you can do about that. So there's not, like, he can make up any no, figure well, he wants. Yeah, no, he can say, he can pretty much say and do whatever he wants. And there's a couple of sightings to that as well. But like, it ended up with this one fella alone was was a 13 and a half grand, nearly 14,000 euros from a debt that started at and I, honest to God, mate, I'm not proud of saying this, but it was at 2,000 euros at most. Two grand at most. Okay, okay. And did that, and then, ultimately, and you could, ultimately you couldn't pay that, was it? All, yeah, I couldn't pay it because I ended, I was, as I was saying to Seamus, I'm not, again, I'm not proud of it, but these are the things that need to be talked about. Uh, I ended up then, like, had, it was it was either that or else, you know, you'd start doing things for people. And I had done a couple of things and I was just, I never liked that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? What stuff? Is that, was, like, is that, is, is that like money muling? Money muling, transporting the drugs, things like that. But the worst part about that is that it, it, that can just blow up because, and I know this for a fact, that there's people around Ireland there that uh, say you were talking yesterday about the links between Dublin and, and say Cork yeah. and these bigger fellas could be in with the Dublin fellas and they might get into trouble and say right we need the job done so oh geez actually instead of me doing it oh I have a fella there that owes me money you know what we do to him if he doesn't do the job you yeah. know what I'm saying yeah 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 and and that and that started off well that was 2010 well 2009 going to most of 2010 but the original sort of I was questioned a number of times back in the early 2000s about a money mule. And uh, yeah, they must have pulled me in about two or three times. And do you know what that all started over need? 30 ecstasy tablets, which was, it transpired or translates to 150 euros worth of a debt, right? And I was supposed to take 50 and he'd take 100. And then he rang me up telling me that, oh, if I don't pay it, I'm dead and all this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I basically told him what to do with himself. Yeah. So this went on for the next couple of weeks and chasing me in the car and calling to my house and all all sorts of other things. When you say calling to your house, day, would, the, would the family be at home then as well? Yeah, well, I live with my dad, so sometimes I got away with it in the terms because my dad was out working hard on the taxi. So it was just me in the house and, you know, we had cars burnt over it and everything else. And um, this, this one time anyways, yeah, they asked me to do a certain job for them and, I wish I never done it, Neil, because you would. I know I probably don't have enough time to go into it right now, but it's just not worth it. The, there was just too much trouble it caused over, you know. Really, like what? Like what kind of detail can you give us with regards to that one job? <laughs> What's that? Sorry. What What was that job? Uh, there was a. Uh, it, it involved moving money and and quite a lot of money. You know, talking a couple of hundred euros and talking thousands. Right? Um, and then. 
of course, when I done a certain thing one time for them in that early stages, uh, they start. I don't know. They must have been discussing me with other bigger people, saying, "Oh, this fellow's good at this, and this fellow's good at that." Next thing you start getting calls of, um, uh, what they call it? Can you do this for me? And there's a few pound in it. You know, it, it's just not worth it. It's a quick few quid, but it's just not worth it. Yeah, you have the fear of God in might, as well if you're moving money or moving drugs in a car for fear of being he, spotted or stopped. Because that 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 I could lead t- to jail. Yeah, I, I, and I'm not trying to be, I probably some of scumbag saying this. I didn't care about jail. I, I still, to this day, wouldn't care about it. Do you know what it was? Is that the fear of God is put into you by saying, I'm going to kill your family, your your mum, your dad, your sister, your brother, or whatever. And you've no choice but to do it. But that one early debt, when it started off, uh, it ended up with me giving them, I think it was nearly two or three thousand pounds at the time, even though it was only 150. And they tied me up in the house one day and I won't, it's a daytime show, so I won't tell you what they've done. But was it uh, physical? I went to too much detail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tied up and I, 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 I was kicked like an American footballer, you know what I mean, for hours and punched. And and then when I was leaving the house, then I was kind of walked away from his house and he came running down the road after me. And I was like, just will you just finish me off? It was just so demoralizing after what happened. And next thing it was like, if you if you go to the guards and say anything to anyone, I'm going to murder your family and all this. See, and that's I was the like, thing. Right, that's yeah. what's stopping people, you see. Fear for their families if they do go to the guards. I don't know how we're ever going to get around that. I know there's a new initiative and everything, but still it's a real issue yeah. for people. They like So when, so when you, you eventually just left Sligo, but the debt remained in Sligo, they, they never followed up and threatened or did anything to your family, though. Well, I, I, I know a couple of things happened. Look, we, I, I go into it again, which is sometimes, you know what I mean? But I, what I will say is that, like, um, remember, I don't know if you remember, but 2017, we were actually had a chat. We've been talking about six or seven years yeah, ago. Yeah. But um, it was you that made me realize that the time I tried to take my life, I was waiting on a passport to go. I, I, I wanted to go. I did want help because of sick years of drugs. I just never knew how to fix myself. But if I'm being honest about it, it, it was more fear than anything else. Because, as I said, I was getting from heavy-duty people outside of Sligo and gangs connected to other gangs. And it was you that actually made me think about... I never thought about the time, the night I tried to take my life with, with the stuff and that my dad would have found me, you know? Yeah. But the, right. the thing was, the following morning, the passport came and then all of a sudden I was... I had, one minute I had loads of friends, the next minute I had no one. You know? Yeah. And that's what cost me... Oh, if I was to say what I regret the most was that I missed out in years with my mum like it's our anniversary now in two weeks but yeah. you know thinking about all the years I missed out with her and you know um, just you know So those I'm very yeah, sad sorry. to hear that that was you know that that's the no, consequence okay. of what you put yourself through unfortunately one ends up putting their family through hell as well so you do you, I mean with regards to Cork now are you seeing people with, with debts similar to your one which was at one stage 14 grand. You had an email there with family oh, who had 30 grand to take a redundancy package to pay yeah. a dealer. Yeah, well, that's only one. That, well, when I come to the 14 grand, that's only one case. It was a hell of a lot more than that, to be quite honest with that you. That you had. Um, I was just, oh, yeah, yeah, it was way more than that, mate. Because as I was saying, I'm not proud of it, but at the time, in my own stupidity, in my own mind, I was thinking, right, sure, I'll get stuff from this fellow over here and I'll pay it back him. But then, you know, then you go to someone else to pay back the original fella, you know, these kind of things. But yeah, it's just similar similarities it to gambling, chasing your debt, you know, trying to win it back, you know, that kind of thing. Ah, believe me, I, tr- I tried everything to everything non-criminal to try and sort it out at the time. But how big know? a problem but is it no, in Cork? 
it's massive need and I mean I've heard many many stories of this over the years and that's why I agree with everything like 110% what Thomas Gould was saying and then I was listening to poor Christine you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you again this morning about it like because it's 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 people like yourself that you know taking their wages taking everything um, breaking windows burning ta- cars you know um, one of the things is that when I talk about this stuff is that sometimes families they know I can't obviously as financially help them but I think it's more of a case of having someone to talk to like what 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 way did you get out of it what did you do or you know things like that and all I can do is sort of share the experience and then obviously give them a couple of contacts for people who might be able to try and get their son or daughter out of the country Alright, well listen, if you anybody know, looks for your details it. can I pass them on? Yeah, look, I have no problem helping right, someone yeah. this is the, I always wanted to try and make up for what I could and sometimes I couldn't because obviously some of the people I wanted to make up with are no longer here but this is what you have to kind of do, right. you know um, but it's it's way worse than people think and, and that's no exaggeration and getting you know? worse and every day. you said yourself you said yourself there that how is it going to change it's a start by talking about it, you know. I don't know that's. But is it know? just just very briefly? Is it, it should people yeah. go to the guards or pay the dealers? Well, that's a very. Um, I don't know how to maybe answer that one correctly. But if you pay them now, and I mean this is happens in Dublin an awful lot. I've heard this off from people I know up there in Limerick and Sligo, Galway, Cork that you could owe them a thousand euros and you pay it and then they turn around to you and say I want another five thousand or ten thousand so what's the point in paying them they never the go flip away. Side that, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to stop anyone here from going to the guards that's you know that's their decision at the end of the day but then you have to deal with oh you're a rat or you're this you're that and the consequences of that I know I know it's a vicious circle thanks as always do stay in touch Bernard I'm out of time for now uh, we'll pick it up after 10 Bernard here obliged to you you can also if you uh, or find any of the conversations difficult and you're struggling yourself uh, let me remind you of the number for the Samaritans 24-7 service 116-123 back after 10 Cork's number one talk show The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM now Prenderville Show, Red FM. Talking earlier on about uh, somebody texting with regards to driving habits. I saw an interesting email actually from John Roach. He says, I've witnessed a few times SUV owners damaging cars in car park spaces and shopping centres. First thing is uh, SUVs are too big for a modern car park space. Just a piece of advice I would give, give is if you see a small woman driving an SUV in a shopping centre, stay well away from them. <laughs> Is that very sexist or what? Why Why would it even be a small woman? Are you saying if you see any woman driving an SUV, stay well away from her, says John. What they're doing is using their foot to open the big door of the SUV. Um, is, is the door too heavy or too big to push out with their elbow or their hand? So they're pushing it out with their foot and it's pranging the car next to them. They are too small and the SUV is too big. And the only way they can open the door is to kick it open and bash it into the car next to them. So just a heads up for the good people of Cork. If your car has been damaged in a car park, it's more than likely a small woman in an SUV that has done the de- <laughs> that has done the deed and driven off. Great show as always. I hope you get to pass on this nugget. <laughs> there you have it. Done. Um, keep them coming. Text 0868104106. On stuff left in taxis. I dropped this as a taxi driver. Dermot, he says, I dropped four girls to a well-to-do area of the Cork suburbs. When I checked the cab, I found a stiletto shoe. I thought to myself, how could she walk on one shoe? When I saw her walking away from the cab, I just thought, 
she was drunk and drove off. It was funny afterwards when I found the shoe, says Dermot. Yeah, I mean, given the list of things that people left in cars before uh, in 2023, one of them was high heels. Uh, leaving one behind, though, and not, not noticing it would suggest that whomever was the wearer had to be under the weather. And we were talking about King Crisps earlier on and what uh, Laura Colgan, who writes for the tabloids, from New York misses. She misses King Crisps, she says. But anyway, am I the only one who had a bad experience of Tato Crisps? From my first experience of them over 50 years ago as a child, most of the crisps were rotten, and if you were in the company of anyone eating them, you'd get a terrible smell of onions. Especially from their breath if you were talking to them. Am I the only person in Ireland who've experienced Tato like this. I'm actually aghast at the love people have for this brand of crisps. Personally for me, it's walkers all the way. Love the show. I mean, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, I must have opened thousands of packets of Tato cheese and onion in my lifetime. I can go back to when they were two and a half pence, for God's sake. And every single time, they were absolutely perfect. As for the smell of onions off people's breath, well, it just proves that they are cheese and onion crisps after all. King Crisps are Northern Ireland and they are absolutely the best. King Crisps are actually made by Tato Neal. So they got their finger in that pie as well. Other snacks that, uh, that Tato have in their portfolio include O'Donnell's of Tipperary, Hunky Dories, Hula Hoops, Pop Chips, Penn State, Palm Bear and McCoys. McCoys make a damn good chip. I always thought that the McCoys and the O'Donnell's were kind of families who were working away in the back kitchen. Uh, maybe they are, but they're apparently owned by Tato. The NCT. I used to drive a nice BMW, a sporty type. I bought beautiful strips for the back and front windows. And on top of each window were fancy ones. M111. Um, they failed me because the wipers barely touched off them. So I went back and asked them if I pulled off the strip, would it pass? And it did. And hey presto, passed. I think they're only jealous of my fancy Beamer, says uh, Eilish. Um, and somebody's suggesting then that I've got them in big trouble at home. I was talking about the guy on the Dragon's Den in the UK who got 80 grand from the Dragon's for his new clothesline invention that he named after his mother, Margaret. And he called it Peggy's Clothesline because Peggy is short for Margaret. Thanks, Neil. You just informed my kids that Peggy is short for Margaret. So guess what I'm going to be called from this day forward, says Mags. Peggy's nice though, don't you think? Anyway, text 0868104106. We'll pick up on lots more texts and emails throughout the course of the morning. But I want to go back to something that I dealt with earlier on this morning, and that is potions, portion size and portion control, because it was telling you uh, that there are those in power, as in, you know, government TDs, saying that restaurants are serving too big portions uh, on our plates and it's leading to huge amounts of food waste. Karen Hickey and Murphy's Rock serve the most delicious food and everybody loves what they put across the counter and out onto the tables. And I wondered what they thought um, of the fact that restaurants and takeaways are serving too much food. Karen Hickey, good morning. How are you? Hi, Neil. How are you? Did, the, you lad, did the lads fill you in on this? They did. Actually, this morning I was talking to them and they were just saying about... Uh, you know, that it is general health advice was to cut down on the portion. So I don't know how well that will go up here. So now, what, what, anyway. what would happen then if you were to do that? Say, take 30 or 40% off the plate. Oh, 
it wouldn't look pretty anyway, first of all. And, you know, I suppose we have long-term customers coming in here daily for, you know, different different things. But they, we would be well known for being very heavy-handed, as my mother would say. <laughs> heavy-handed. Um, <laughs> I know. I, and that's what I was saying to one of the lads a while ago. Um, he was saying, you know, like I was saying, traditionally we would have we would have been advised meat, two veg and one poppy. So, like, we serve four types of potatoes here every day. Three veg, gravy, and five different types of meat. You can come in here, Neil, and you can just say, right, I want a bit of turkey and ham, and get everything on the plate. And, and that's your choice. And there's some people that come in and just get two veg, one potato. People just eat potato, gravy, and meat. You know, it's whatever float your boat or such, you know? Okay, I don't have, see, I don't, I wouldn't have details of the, of the specials on a daily basis, but you're talking about the specials, are you? No, we run a carvery every okay. day okay. of the so, year. So with the carvery, so I can decide how much you put on the plate. I can say, stop, you stop, I won't decide, eat that much food. Yeah, right. Decide how much you have on the plate. And, but you have the option of, because we do serve four potatoes, you have the option of coming up, getting a bit of turkey and ham, a roast, a creamed a stuffing, which is like potato, thyme and onion stuffing, and potato gratin. And you, every day we serve mushy peas, cabbage and mixed But veg. you can't get so all that on a plate. I mean, it will look, firstly, it won't, I'm sure, and of course it tastes fabulous, I know that, but it won't look good on the yeah. plate, will it? But, it, you know, it fits. We, uh, we have large plates. We have a, we, we have a local uh, supplier up the road, Jimmy Cutlers, and he has fine big plates, <laughs> I tell you. And we've bought many of them over the years. But, yeah, they do fit on. Now, we do a half portion as well um, a, of our main course. Our half portion sometimes can look like a, a main course portion <laughs> in other establishments, you know. Yeah. But it's, we have a lot of workmen coming in here. We have a lot of, you know, people living on their own that just, you know, love it. They love traditional food as well. But we do they ever say... Well. First, two questions for you. Do, you. do they ever say that your portions are too big? And second part of the question is, do many people leave a lot of food on the plate? Because we're being told now that there's like 770,000 tonnes of food waste every year. Okay. So, I yeah, I was thinking about that when ago. Is there a bit of food waste that probably is, especially people coming here for the very first time? Um, uh, more so not maybe repeat people but we do a special layer of 20 hours for main course and dessert for a carvery main course and dessert do people buy the special when they when they come up get the plate sit down they're not able for the dessert sometimes So, but they have the option of taking it away you know so he's also he's also suggesting uh, the minister the agriculture minister Charlie McConnell that restaurants should stop giving doggy bags or food uneaten to go I know, but look, wouldn't you rather it's someone else make value out of it at home, you know, then throwing it into a bin. Totally, because if, if, you know? if they disallow that, then it adds to the food waste. You're going to be dumping it. Whereas I could be, like you could, like, you could get too many chicken wings, right? And you could yeah. take the remaining ones home. Um, it, it might be a pasta dish. You could take, I don't know what fish and yeah. chips were, but there are certain dishes that will travel, like. Cool service. And, and especially, like, even there on a Sunday, we we do a very a, a very good and busy Sunday carvery trade. But on a Sunday there, like, right, you might eat your lunch at 2pm, but at 7 o'clock, wouldn't you like a slice of cheesecake? 
You mightn't be able to get it down your throat at half as two, but you know at seven o'clock you would with a cup of tea. So your so, half portion but, is probably the equivalent to other restaurants' main portion. One million percent there. Yeah, we would de- definitely be. You know, if you come up is there, is it the Northsiders have bigger watch. appetites or what? Absolutely, completely. <laughs> be, just like, love their grub, you know. Love mushy peas. We're famous in Murphy's Rock for two, for a couple of things. Mushy peas every day of the week. Gravy, which we sold in abundance for Christmas, actually. And people were looking for so much of our gravy, takeaway gravy so much. And our thyme and onion stuffing. You know the stuffing that you make it. at Christmas? The yeah, mashed poppies, the butter, the onions, the thyme. That's it, salt and pepper. That's on our carvery. Oh, I love you. I love you. I want to run away with you. You make potato stuffing. (laughs) Oh, not bread stuffing. That is it. No, potato stuffing. Is that a north side thing? Is that a kind of a black pool thing or what? Because it's... It must be, because that's where my mother used to do it. Uh, Butter in the pan, saute the onions in on it, um, thyme, white pepper... Salt, mashed potatoes into it, and our head chef actually, Chris, is a local uh, man, oh, and he's actually from Gran. I'd eat that just and as a main, he, main course on its own. Yeah, yeah, and he actually is a, a, a big time Northsider as well for for all that kind of. He probably stuff. got the recipe from his mum. Yeah. I bet you he did. Ask Chris. I bet he did. One million percent, he does, and he puts it up every day. And on occasions, on occasions. He does a sausage stuffing, but that's if we were doing a bit of pork or, you know, corn or turkey or something like that. But every single day, Neil, you can come up to Murphy's Rock and get your mammy's thyme and onion stuffing. Now, now that's he, it I, I'm certainly going to make a day to do that. Charlie McConlogue is saying that you guys in the carvery really and surely should be more, really and truly should be more responsible and you should serve smaller portions and if people eat all of it, they can go back up for seconds. What would you say to that? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, that's all well and good if you if you have, you know, the space for people to get into a queue a second time. But, like, how to manage it, you know? What did you eat already? How much you have? No, then come back up and just like, ask for, for more. I mean, but, like... Exactly. If, if, but here, here's a problem with that. That's fine for a carvery. But if restaurants start serving smaller portions on smaller plates... People won't go back because I know. because exactly. there'll be smaller because, portions because it, at the same price. And you know, like there's you, you've probably seen there's after being a lot of price increases across the board, and food prices have gone up everywhere in the world. I would say, and you have people want value for money. So if you go up to a carvery and there's a server behind the carvery, and you ask for three scoops of potato, who is he to say to you, you won't eat three? You know, you, you they won't. You say you have to use your head as well. But people want value for mo- for money, and sometimes people are having a light breakfast and they're coming up during the day and they're having a big bit of dinner and they're going home and having a supper, which would be might be a sandwich or something like yeah, that. So yeah. they're looking, they're looking for it. You know, for people who eat like, their dinner in the middle of the day. Yeah, they want big portions. And al- also, you wouldn't be able if somebody if you order from a menu and you sit down and uh, and the portions are smaller as the minister is suggesting and yeah. you eat it all. No restaurant will allow you to ask the waiter to bring you more food. The yeah. restaurant won't do that. They won't. They won't. Like we'd often have like we people have we have chicken wings here and they're very very popular and we'd have a blue cheese dip and then sometimes people love that dip. And they'd ask for a second one, we'd give it, no problem, that's no problem. Will someone say, can I have another six wings? 
where do you start to stop and start there, you know? But do you, like, but, but, our portions are big. Yes, they are. But we don't have that problem, I tell you. We don't. But with, I, I know that, but we have an underlying obesity problem in the world, and Ireland is right there I with know. it. And unfortunately, we're seeing way too many children these, these days overweight and some grossly overweight regarding the food that they're eating. I looked at a survey there recently um, and it was a comparison to the plate size in the 1950s and the plate size now. The plate size in the 1950s was almost nearly the size of a side plate. It was much, much smaller. Now it's substantially bigger. And that's got to be one of the reasons why people are getting heavier. Definitely. I was even talking to someone there recently about that, about, I would say, you know, back in the the 80s our mothers and our fathers and stuff like that we didn't eat, we ate out on occasion like a confirmation or a communion but there was no gyms or anything there wasn't it's like you know that you go to a spinning class or a, one of these personal training classes or a circuit class That's or anything right. like that yeah. our parents were just our parents they ate meat and the veg and, and we had our dinner seven days a week my mother went to Dunn's once a week on a Thursday and bought her meat in the butchers you know I'm in Dunn's five days a week that's just the way our lives are. It's just it was one big shock. Changed, yeah, I you know? know. It's very changed. Yeah, it was. Listen, we covered an awful lot of ground. Happy Happy New Year to you all uh, yeah. at Murphy's Rock. Happy uh, New Year to you. You, you yeah. intend to continuing doing what you're doing. No change in portion size. No, definitely not. We'd okay. never get away with it. Right. We serve food seven days a week. And it's just, you know, look, we look after so many people in the sense, like, you know, if you want to come in, if you want to get a sandwich, so be it. If you want a big dinner, well, this is the place to be. You are going to get it here. Yeah, <laughs> nice one. I uh, saw a fantastic photograph of what looks like a monstrosity of a burger with all sorts of sides <laughs> next to it. I don't know how I would be able to plough. My son could probably do it, but I couldn't. But it looks good. Pretty anyway, well. look after yourself, yeah, Karen. Brilliant. Thanks for taking the Thanks call. Cheers. Your Take thoughts bye on bye portion bye. control and food size and the suggestion from the Minister that restaurants need to start um, serving smaller portions, get Get rid of doggy bags and food to go. Not just main courses, but smaller desserts as well. There's way too much food waste. Text 0868104106. we got Dave, Dr. Eva Orsmond after the break. You're listening to Cork's number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil Prenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868-104-106. Uh, texters are saying that Karen Hickey from Murphy's Rock has everybody starving with the hunger. Uh, I want to bring in Dr. Ava because I know I caught her at short notice and she's very much obliged to uh, coming on the air and taking uh, uh, time out from her day. Ava, good morning. Good morning, everyone. And How happy are you? New happy year. New Year. I know you're talking in the papers this morning about a dry January. I will, I will come to that. But are you across the story of Doctor of uh, Agriculture Minister Charlie McConlogue, who says restaurants need to cut back on portion size? Absolutely brilliant idea. You know, I remember in 2000 when I moved to Ireland and I had two small children and my husband, who's an ex-husband who was a tall guy, and we basically ate as a family from the one plate when we went to Irish pub. <laughs> so it's like ridiculous. The sizes are ridiculous. And you know, the thing is that if there's a buffet, I have seen Irish people basically piling on food and then they don't eat and even eat everything and I think that we need to actually be conscious of this because it's such a waste we are very lucky we have all this food here but it's not just that we are lucky to have the food but it's actually we are eating more than our body needs and if you think about in the last 20 years there have been huge increase in overweight and obesity levels to the point that it's, it's basically more common to be overweight or obese in Ireland than being normal 
normal weight. And the obesity means that you carry so much excess weight that it's affecting your health. But that's not anything so, exceptional to Ireland now, in fairness. This is a worldwide... We are actually, yeah, sorry, but we're actually on the top of the list of the most overweight and obese countries in Europe. Like UK is ahead of us. We are spending huge amount of money on treating the chronic conditions, which are the, basically the consequence of the excess weight, and particularly things like type 2 diabetes, which is totally lifestyle disease connected to the belly fat, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Many of the listeners at the moment who are listening to this are on high blood pressure medication, high cholesterol tablets, and they would have been mm. told by their GP that, oh, you know, you had your sister had it, your mother had it. But let's go and see if they are normal, normal weight and what are their lifestyle habits. Mm. We didn't have these figures in the 1950s when people were half of the size they are at the moment. And these excessive portion sizes are direct contributor to it. Of course, we are also exercising less, but the excess, the less exercise is much le- more Im- le- less important than the, these huge portions. And on top of that, let me finish, is the fact that they are high energy density food. So basically, there is a lot of energy, a lot of calories in a small portion of the food. We are eating always chips. We are having potatoes. A typical Irish pub lunch would have potatoes in three different forms. There would be mashed potato, there would be crisps, and then there would be roast potatoes. And if you are lucky, there's one little carrot and a little bit of broccoli, which usually people don't eat. Mm. And then double size of the meat. Uh, Fish, usually you don't get too big portions. So I don't want to be the party pooper here. I'm saying this from my heart to make people understand that the excess weight does not fall from the sky. It's a years and years of basically too much food and often also wrong type of food. Yeah, but it's it's more, it has to be more the wrong kind of food. That ultra-processed no, no, food, No, surely. no, no, you're are... wrong there. No, it's not always wrong food. There are people who also eat too much of the healthy food. It's The bottom line is that once you give the body more calories, which is basically, we say, energy that your body needs, we count it in kilocalories. Once you give more kilocalories to your body than what it needs, you start putting on weight. So basically, the number is... is very big. It's 7,300 calories that you have to be in energy deficit in order to lose one kilo or 2.2 pounds. But the point is that it's the same the other way around. It's just that people always say, oh, it, this actually feels like I'm putting the weight on quicker than it's actually coming off. Yes, because we are basically we are used to our habits. We are used to what we are eating. And in order to do these lifestyle changes and lose weight, you need to have consistency. You need to have knowledge but it's all possible to do and now it's a good time to do it it's january we all have to you know stuffing our faces over but does that mean does that mean that we should all a bit like the french i think that we should all stop eating when we're still a little bit hungry because you said it absolutely you you don't actually need to be hungry but you need to feel comfortable and and we have lost that. And if you have, going back to the big portion size, if you have this huge portion from the restaurant in front of you, you have subconsciously an idea in your head that actually this is okay for me to eat because it was given to me. And I regularly tell my patients who come to see me in my clinics in Dublin, Galway, and, and I used to have a clinic in Cork, but unfortunately closed before um, COVID. I always tell them, ask for the children's portions. But of course we need to think about also the poor rest. But they won't you know, sell you that. They won't. They'll think that you're a no, cheapskate. 
Yeah, but you see, this also, they are battling, the restaurants are battling as it is what we are at the moment with all the increasing cost and labor and everything else. So it is... I totally sympathize with them. It's it's very, very difficult. But I think we should just start, you know, being realistic with this and, and, and have the full portions, but just give people less. And, uh, and absolutely, this type of, maybe we should actually do a, a regulations which is actually set by law that there is only only 120 grams of meat and 200 grams of oh, white that's fish serious, on the plate. Big Burgundian, that's seriously Big Brother now and controlling people. I know, and if I don't re- like Big Brother. But, the but if you're legislating as to how much food people eat, like that's yeah, very, sorry, very dangerous. But who is paying for all the, uh, the cost for the, the treating these chronic conditions? Most of these things we are getting free, and it's coming from the taxpayers' money. 10% of the government budget is going to the treatment of type 2 diabetes alone, which is totally lifestyle disease. And 99.9% of the cases, people who have belly fat has type 2 diabetes. Once they lose the belly fat, they lose the diabetes. It's easily reversible. So what I'm saying is that, sorry, we actually, you, you Irish are very nice and kind and there's always this great crack. But sorry, like, I don't want to sound here again like, you know, there, there she goes, Dr. Eva goes again with her tough talking. This is the reality. People are making themselves sick with their lifestyle. But no restaurant is going to pick up on that mantra. Sorry, we're doing this for your health. We're serving you less food now for the same amount of money. People, okay, you can control what you eat at home, but but a restaurant would quickly go out of business if they started being... Yeah, money, but you know what, in fact, I think there is already a lot of restaurants going out of business. We are already battling as it is because, in fairness, the costs are horrendous. And I actually think if this type of regulation came from the up, you know, and actually, it would actually be well reserved, you know, accepted by the restaurants because it would cost the, cut their cost because the amount of food that it's thrown away, it's absolutely disgraceful. Like, and, and people need to start looking around when they go... Cause I see this in restaurants. People don't always even eat the plates they leave things behind and and why was it put there in the first place but they would say I'm entitled to do that I've paid for it they are entitled to it because we have got them used to it as I told you 20 years ago my whole family four people ate from one plate but David that that, that sounds extraordinary that four of you two adults now to go and look at the portion of meat uh, for example in the normal plate in in the typical carvery it's around almost 300 grams of meat that they put between the different slices of, of turkey and ham. There are three different types of potatoes. Let's not talk the same because we're boring the... the, the no, the but I'm, no, I'm just picking here. up on the fact that you're it saying that the should. four of you, two it's adults absolutely. and two children, could eat one dinner between you. Were the kids yeah, happy with and that? Yeah, and I, and absolutely, because my children were never overweight and I, I wasn't overweight, so that's all we needed because it's only one of the meals of the day. We are, we are having people eat three meals a day, breakfast, lunch and dinner. We're not supposed to get 1,500 calories in one meal. We are supposed to get maybe 600 calories in a meal. And You'll get the 1,500 calories in a takeaway now and you're done for the day. And you yes. get it very much with that, with the, with the typical um, Irish pub lunch as well, you know. But, and, you've, never, uh, but you've never gone into a, a restaurant, for instance, and asked for one plate of food to share with three or four people, have you? No, because they, they allow it 
attitude, if you go to a cavalry lunch, nobody's going to stop you and you take one plate of food and you take, nobody's going to stop you, at least the places I used to go. We came to Ireland in 2000 and we have very, very limited budget trying to save for a house and nobody ever stopped us. You know, that's what, but it's crazy. I understand from a business perspective, but, but that's what the solution. Let's cut the portions. Let's cut the portions. Okay, I won't even start on doggy bags and food to go. Are you against that as well? Yeah, but apps, but they, that doesn't that just show the point? That now, then the restaurant has to pay as well. Now it sounds like I'm, in a, I'm talking on the side for the restaurant. They have to get also back this for you to take, go home. No, this is just, this type of thing doesn't happen in continent. But I love like, bringing home buffalo wings if I don't finish the large portion and having them that evening, bunging them in the air fryer. <laughs> well, I'm, not going, I'm going to start talking about type 2 diabetes here because that's actually something that is really next to my heart and I see the results. Okay. And there is, yeah, so... <laughs> So type 2 diabetes is is direct consequence of this excessive eating of too big portion over longer period of times. So nobody is actually becoming overweight just because they're 50 years of age. It's years and years of weight slowly increasing. So I just actually made a little counting here that if you get 20 calories extra a day, which is only a cup of tea, um, with the drop of milk in it for 365 days a year you have now put on 1 kilo or 2.2 pounds of weight just by extra cup of tea so you think about if you have an extra potato which is around 70 calories a day so if you get an extra let me just take my calculator here it's all 70 so scientific. calories multiplied for 365 you have now gained 25,550 calories uh, in a year if I Divide that by 7,500 calories. You have now gained 3 kilos, 0.4, and I multiply that by 2.2. So you have actually gained half a stone, 8 pounds over a year by eating one extra potato a day that your body didn't oh, That's eat. incredible uh, from the point of view of statistics, but listening that's, to that's, you... But, but, this is science. I know this that. No, and it's, I'm not arguing with it, but I'm saying to myself, if we go into the minutiae of food like you're describing, we will, just in, we will just develop a very unhealthy relationship with food. No, we are not creating any health. We actually did totally the opposite because we are actually learning to eat at main meals, breakfast, lunch and, and dinner, stopping this, this continuous eating between meals all these crisps and the different uh, people are, eat, are eating huge amount of drinking these energy drinks because a lot of people young people as well has low energy levels either they are overweight or they are eating unbalanced they, they might be overweight but they're actually malnourished because the, the, they are not getting all the vitamins and minerals mm. and protein their body needs mm-hmm. so actually our relationship becomes healthier we start eating with our families we start cooking at home when I was in opera transformation um, many years ago I used to spend hours and hours doing the recipes for 40 days so that people would be teaching them to cook while they were while they were following operation transformation and this is something that we would need to go back to like people need to learn to cook but our weather our weather and our long winters and the cold and everything dictate that we need more nourishment than say 
our Mediterranean neighbours, for instance. Now you are actually totally, you know, uh, contradicting yourself there because if how is it possible that we are the second in line in the overweight and obesity levels after UK? So it's it's actually not true that we need that. And actually, we then I don't see too many farmers there with the horses on the fields at the moment. They all have tractors. So I, any any farmer who has, who has come to see me has always told me when I ask about their activity levels that, oh, great, you're a farmer. You must be, you know, very active. And said, no, actually not, Dr. Eva. It's actually the machines doing the work yeah, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it really, okay. that is so totally not, not the case neither. People overestimate the amount of calories that they spend exercise, and they underestimate what they are eating. You know, so basically we eat, eat a lot, a lot of energy, a lot of calories, and we exercise less. And uh, it's really like a, a woman of my size only need around 1,600 calories to survive a day, where all the food packaging is saying it's around 2,000. I'm not, bur- I'm not burning 2,000 calories today when I'm in my office all day today. Okay, just, that's, that's, just, 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 just finally then, um, you're in the mirror this morning saying that January is, of course, the month uh, to kick ass and get our acts together, right? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I obviously, there is no, no, this, we should do it all the time, but, but January is good because we have, we seems to have this team effort everywhere. Everybody wants to do because they feel heavy. They have low energy levels after, after eating so much over Christmas. And it's a good month to start because most of the people want to do it. It's all the new year's resolutions. And this whole thing of the dry January that you mentioned there earlier, yeah. it's extremely good for our liver. You know, many Irish people have fatty liver due to the fact that they are overweight and they have belly fat. Um, the percentage of people actually have the fatty liver because they are drinking so excessively um, is not as much as people think because it's mainly the fatty liver comes from the excess weight. Mm. But the, we are also on top of the consumers of alcohol in this country. And, and if you go back in the history, the fact that Irish people have these periods that they stop totally drinking and they sort of stain themselves a little bit that actually gives for our poor liver a little bit of a of a sort of a holiday mm. and, and a detox period so it's very healthy and it's also good for yourself to actually see are you able to do it because guaranteed if you're used to having a glass of wine or two glasses of wine every evening you will find that when the time comes in the evening six seven o'clock and you want the glass of wine it's like oh my god you might actually notice that you you are a little bit addicted yeah. because it becomes such a habit yeah. Not yeah. to mention the weekends. Like I meet here um, farmers and men who easily in an evening would have time, 10 pints. And, and, and 10 pints is a huge quantity. And that's not even considered a lot in Ireland. Yeah, that's that. I mean, I mean like as a clinic, I mean, you're, you're a clinician, you're a dietitian, you're, you're Scandinavian. If we're, we're, you know, that's the Irish way a lot of the time. Uh, skin full of pints at the weekend and back hard work again on a Monday morning. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I'm, I don't want to be a party pooper. I'm, I drink alcohol myself, and I, I'm, I'm all for having fun. But what I'm saying is that it's very sad that we are actually reducing the healthy life expectancy because we, most of us are saying, okay, great, if I go in pension, I don't have to work anymore, and I can really enjoy and do whatever I want. The reality is that the population over 60-plus who actually are healthy and who don't have medication uh, is actually getting less and less. I mean, polypharma is basically when you are having more than five prescription drugs for chronic oh, I see. You mean that more people who are retiring are in t- retiring 
too unhealthy to enjoy their retirement. Exactly, okay. exactly. Okay. And it is, and obviously it's like while our life expectancy is well over 80 years for men and women in Ireland, it's the healthy life expectancy is getting less and less. Right. So basically when you just get to your retirement, now you need a hip replacement and knee, knee sorted because operated because you have, you have been basically giving this extra wear and tear for your, for your body from that excess weight. So it's, it's what I'm trying to say here is that I would like people to look at themselves and actually say is my lifestyle contributing for the conditions I'm having I mean if you are wanting to do a lifestyle change and lose weight you can do it on your own but if you are finding and it's difficult seek for help like for example my clinics um, we have clinics in, in, in Dublin and Galway and we also do online consultations and we have a very high success rate we can't lose the weight for you but we can give you very good guidance and give you be that supporting hand and if you really don't know what to do and you want to come you could come for five to seven days to my health hotel Solar Alvura in Portugal in Faro and, and give give yourself a good kickstart and um, we have sort of weight loss programs and we have detox programs as well so what I'm saying is that you you know becoming healthy and changing a lifestyle can also be fun in a team um, team up with the friend you know this is the this is a good time of the year to do it because everybody are in it okay I'll give out the details of your website happy new year a lot of food for thought there if you'll pardon the pun thank you as always uh, Dr. Ava Orsmond and her website is www.dravaclinic.com clinics.ie your thoughts are welcome this all started with regards to uh, restaurants uh, serving too much food on the plate and there should be a cutback according to uh, the minister some would say it's uh, way too much control uh, of what we do and how we spend our money but the consequences of it of course have to do with health and indeed food waste text 0868104106 back after the break the number one talk show in Cork if it's happening in Cork Neil is talking about it the Neil Prendeville show on Red FM Cork's biggest conversation is here. The Neil Brenderville Show is on Cork's Red FM. Text 0868104106. People are always picking up the phone on 0818104106. Um, I wonder what Richie would make of all of this. Richie's Food and Nature. You might follow on Instagram. He goes around checking out food and restaurants and takeaways all over the gaff and posts the videos online. He's a great guy, funny guy. His portion sizes are enormous. I'd say he'd very much vote against any changes in that department. But anyway, Bernice, good morning. Morning, happy new year. I heard that the oven broke. The oven broke down, did it? <laughs> it was broke a few weeks before Christmas, like. So, so what did you do um, without an oven? Well, what I done was my daughter heard that same Thomas Cross Tavern. That's Thomas Cross Tavern in the beer garden. Right. Was doing doing dinners that you could order on Christmas Eve, get them Christmas Eve. <laughs> and she said, "We'll go for that." And I was hoping I didn't think she would do it because I was being funny. So we ordered them, well, I ordered it. And I said, I want to do three dinners. Three Christmas Day dinners, yeah, yeah. Think you know, Neil, that they were going to come in three. The way you get them there in the supermarket and the plastic and that. Yeah. That's why I thought they would come. Bring them and don't collect them. When they came back, there was three big silver trays. One was about seven portions of turkey stuffing. And roast potatoes. So one of the trays had the turkey, the stuffing, and the roast potatoes. Ham as well. Oh, ham, yeah. Okay. Ham and turkey. And the second tray. And the next tray, full of veg. All the different veg that you'd cook Christmas there. Veg, you know, that I wouldn't even eat myself. Yeah. Every bit of veg was on it. Then the next tray was full of stuffing, 
Honestly, I'm not sure as well. Oh, that was full of stuffing and another load of roast potatoes. <laughs> then there was two cartons of steep peas. More steep peas? Steep peas. Yeah. <laughs> steep peas. There was three cartons of gravy, <laughs> two cartons of ice cream, <laughs> and two cartons of custard. 67 euro. <laughs> so that would feed about eight people, not three. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was. That's what fed them. I mean, six places, three plates for that day and three for the following day and then two baby buds <laughs> and it was fresh as I went to cold the oven myself so why would you be bothered going through all of the grief of cooking that all at home yourself when you can get that I wouldn't do it again no? I wouldn't no I need to know my family you know my nieces and the whole of my family and you know you want you want to see it said, and was it good like was the turkey and the ham and the stuffing and the and spuds it, and the roast all good it was like it was cooked that morning myself it was all fresh <laughs> So they asked me what time I wanted to click to that and I said I prefer it as late as I could knowing that the talk would be fresh and they said 7 o'clock was the last one and I said I'd take the 7 o'clock one. <laughs> so we got that evening at 7 o'clock. All of the food that you just described reminds me of the hampers that you sent to Australia. <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm just saying that one yet now because you have to move in house. So we know it's just because no house. Well, come back to me. Come back to me with the details of the hamper, will you? Because there's a there's about five minutes worth of stuff going into that hamper. I'd say you to read it all out on the air. So that cost you sixty eight euro. Yeah, for all of me, for all of it. I'm telling you, it was to be sent the way it was on the tray. I really expected just three small dinners coming in, and the three big trays. And did you say that was the beer garden you got all that in? Yeah. Well done to them. Well done to them. Yeah. You got a couple of days food out of it. Uh, what did you do for what did you do for dessert though or afters? Do you have a trifle? Do you make a trifle? No, they give us um, custard and cream as well. Yeah, but what do you do with the custard? They give you something to pour it on. What are you putting it on? On the cream. You can't have custard and cream for afters. Well, I don't really eat it after they eat it. The whole thing is it. After the cream. Was it no bit of no bit of trifle or jelly or? Well, oh, there was trifle in it because then um, we had the trifle brown trifle. I wouldn't be good at trifle, but we got trifle off um, a friend. Well, I suppose maybe a tip for people next Christmas is pretend your oven's broken and order in like you did. <laughs> oh, I swear it was fantastic. All right. I swear, God, it was fantastic. Well, and no. I to be telling them. I swear it was fantastic. Well done, well done. Thanks for that. Look after yourself. Happy New Year, Bernie. Stay in touch on Murphy's Rock from earlier on. Yes, indeed, Murphy's Rock are right. They are famous for their mushy peas. They're like glacialis. Well, you don't want them to be, want them to be as hard as glacialis. Um, I want to go to Murphy's Rock right now. Get them off the air. They're killing my poor old miserable ham sandwich. When I go to Murphy's Rock, I always get a half portion and it's just right and there's never any waste on portion sizes and talking with Dr. Ava is anybody talking about fast food and takeaway delivery increases daily people are just lazy and they don't want to cook anymore morning Neil no one will tell me that I can't have a doggy bag going home from a restaurant I'm paying with my hard earned money the cheek of the doll uh, the cheek of the minister it's just going to be another money gimmick you just watch uh, Paddy says another government uh, wants to control how much goes on our plates even the East Germans and the Soviet Union didn't extend that much control over their population, says Paddy. And there's loads more of those. What Minister McC- McConnell thinks about restaurant portions is the same way I feel about his 
and the other politicians' salaries, says Paddy, in the sense that they shouldn't be looking towards reducing portion sizes. They should be looking to reducing their own salaries. Um, If any place cuts my portions, it will be the last time I go. When I go out, I want to be spoiled. Who brought her on the show? Dr. Ava, she's making my blood boil. How dare she come and come to Ireland and call us fat? Well, and now she's going after my Barry's tea with a little drop of milk. No, she's just giving comparisons. You, you take in five or ten calories more than you need every single day of every um, week of every month, then you're going to end up putting on a kilo weight at the end of it. It, it is quite scientific and it's quite detailed, uh, but we do have a weight issue, and she's just you know we need to acknowledge that we really do. If you look at people from the 50s or 60s or even the 1970s, they were thin whippets by comparison to people now. Do you want to jump in quickly on that? Yeah, I just I was reading that text. All I could think about was Braveheart. You know, they might kill us, they might take our lives, but they'll never take our bodies. D. Um, yeah, I do think though. I, I like I personally like I, I went on a bit of a weight loss thing recently. I didn't lose a massive amount of weight, but I lost a few. I lost about 10 kg which wasn't too bad I was overweight and I decided that I, 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 he takes the icing off a cupcake I, um, no, I just want to know was it a real <laughs> somebody delivered me a load of flowers and I just touched the flowers and it's turned out to be cakes yeah but I, I, I think like it's about so you go out walking you'd be surprised how many calories you burn when you walk very right? little uh, no, you are, you actually end up burning quite like if you're especially if you're walking uphill, you end up burning actually quite a few calories. Nothing I, by comparison to a treadmill or running. I don't know about you know that. The with the steps, you know, they it's say fifteen hundred steps. Uh, yeah. It's it's it hardly it hardly puts a dent in it. Uh, well, it gives you like I think I think um, I, I like like you gotta get the heart for, going. For example, around the golf would get me about six or seven hundred calories. Would it really? It really would, yeah. That's about, uh, what am I walking around the golf? A couple of miles anyway, four or five miles, right? So it's, so it's a decent walk. But it would get you about six, seven hundred calories. That's, 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 um, that's a meal, basically. Like, that's, that's the, bo- the bones of a good meal. You know what I mean? I'm surprised that it's that many Yeah, calories. it is. And, like, you also have the amount of calories, I said this before, the amount of calories you burn when you're doing absolutely nothing. Like, literally just sitting down on your, on your backside doing nothing, you're burning calories. So, like, uh, this idea of, like, oh, an extra cup of tea is going to make you fat, I just don't buy it. No, like. I think the analogy just, of the cup of tea with a, with a little bit of milk is only an example of what can happen if you are only supposed to have 1,900 or 2,000 calories and you're doing very little and you're sedentary and you actually take in maybe 50 or 100 calories more than you should every day in the course of a year yeah that's a kilo I, uh, yeah but I mean, like it's, it's a fact I know but it's, it's not, not a, less I, I, yeah I agree I, and, but I, and I think it's also about making substitutions in your life that you know don't necessarily go for the full fat butter maybe go for the spread or occasionally oh, you or don't go that. for the you full fat milk you have, have, to have the, the full fat milk and you have to have really? free, real butter and it's cup of tea do you really need full fat milk and oh cup of tea? yeah and cereal <laughs> well, well I do anyway yeah you know I'm not a fan of all of the diet the only diet stuff that I like is diet coke oh, sorry not diet coke I don't like that at all Diet Pepsi, Diet Pepsi. <laughs> like getting cans of Diet Coke, didn't you? Um, no, I just think I just think like it's about making small changes and uh, this idea of oh well, if you have that now, you're going to be. I just I don't like the idea of calorie counting. I think it's unhealthy, and I just I just like the idea of like cut down on what you're eating. But calorie counting isn't what we're talking about. It's portion size. No, but I just the fact she mentioned this is that's X amount of calories, which translates into X amount of pounds, which translates. Into, and I think that happens where people they'll have a bad day and they go off the wagon and they'll think oh. 
I've ruined everything now. I've ruined all my progress because I've had that chipper. And actually, when you look at that chipper in comparison to the rest of the month, you're not actually adding any weight with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if you're if you're down, if you're in a calorie deficit all the way through the month and you decide to have a chipper at the end of the month, you're not going to become no, that's fat fine. overnight. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. You know, yeah. I just I I just don't like it. I just, yeah. That's uh, yeah. Okay. I accept, that there, I accept that there are treats and everybody should have treats and everybody should enjoy their food. No, appreciate that. I'm over time. We'll come back after eleven. So text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. We'll have uh, Julie and Brenda in before midday from Left on Red. And one of the topics that I will be talking to them is about too fat, too thin. All that and lots more besides after eleven. The Neil Brenderville Show, Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork on Red FM. Now. Show. And Jack and the Beanstalk continues at the Opera House up to the 21st of January and we have tickets to give away and I'll be giving some away this side of midday. Your opportunity, actually Stephanie Rainey will be picking the, the best chat lines as well across the, the day later on today. So the best chat line or the worst um, will be incorporated into the panto because one of the characters is looking for a girlfriend and he's looking for a chat-up line. So people have been texting me all week with chat-up lines. Keep them coming. Last opportunity. Check, text your chat-up line uh, to 86 I seem to have lost your number. Can I borrow yours? Sorry, I seem to have lost my number. Can I borrow yours? That's me getting a chat line wrong. I'm seeing from for the first time, though. Uh, your hand looks heavy. Can I hold it for you? God, that's awful. Awful. I couldn't help noticing that you look a lot like my next girlfriend. <laughs> Are you my appendix? I don't know what you do, but I feel like I should take you out. <laughs> that's a good one. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. The best or worst chat up lines. On food, portion size, restaurants who are serving too much food, they wouldn't be long going out of business, lads, if they changed that and charged the same amount of money. My husband used to be a jockey. He has never been over 10 stone in weight. He has type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol and high blood pressure. Go figure that one. Uh, is it not, it's not the binging in between meals rather than the actual, it's actually the binging in between meals rather than the actual three main meals that is the problem. If I'm not eating in between meals, the portion size of my dinner should really be okay. Well, Dr. Ava was talking about binging between meals, grazing all day. Food portions in restaurants are average size, in my opinion. I'm a regular in a very good Italian restaurant, and we noticed a recent decrease in the size of the pasta portions in particular, which is bad for business. We said this to the manager. Uh, By the way, I'm a size 10. I exercise daily and my partner is an athlete and slim. It will force customers to spend more in an already expensive setting and that for customers is not acceptable. That's an interesting one. Oh my God, can someone please make her stop? I feel like I'm putting on weight just listening to Dr. Ava. Well, you know, maybe you're just in denial because, you know, you may not agree with what she's saying, uh, but it's not incorrect to any of it. We're Northern Europeans and as such, we need a higher daily calorie intake than Southern Europeans. This is due to our colder climate, says Paddy. I actually made that point to Dr. Ava. She was having none of it. I heard of painting by numbers, but now people, people want us to eat by numbers. Forget it. Eat what you're happy with, says Jez. And just one or two more. Reducing portions is another ridiculous idea from our government. I love seafood, especially mussels. Imagine getting, for example, 20 mussels on a bed of spaghetti and white wine and garlic sauce, and then it's reduced to 10? I would never eat there again. People are not stupid. We know when we are full, an extra spud, or people off their head. 
Uh, hi guys, I went to a new bar restaurant in Balancolic about a week ago and I had the chicken supreme. The portion was quite small and I was still still hungry. So I ended up having a dessert and a coffee, both of which are not good for me. So if restaurants go with this reducing portion sizes, will they reduce the price? Well, I think you probably will find that you won't go back to that restaurant if you went in hungry and the main course was small and you were still hungry after it. You shouldn't be hungry after paying for food. Uh, maybe in the doll it's an issue, but it's not prob- It's not a problem in the real world in Ireland, I can tell you. Um, and many people wondering, yeah, reduce the sizes, but you can be damn sure of one thing, the prices won't come down. Keep them coming, text 0868104106. At the same time, we're spending 500 million euro a year on fitness and well-being technology in Ireland. Uh, it's incredible. That includes apps, wearables, online classes, going to classes, all of the different food apps, all of the different foods that you need to get to supplement a healthier diet if you're working out. And on top of it, of course, the cost of the gym or the one-on-one training and the gear, because it's a big fashion area as well, isn't it? Uh, well-being and the clothes that goes with uh, fitness. Anyway, text on that text 0868104106 back after the break. You're listening to the number one talk show in Cork. The Neil Prendeville Show. It's the best in Cork. On Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Prendeville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And of course, um, we're heading into uh, Women's Little Christmas tomorrow. Little Women's Christmas, as we call it here in Cork. So maybe it's not the best month of the year for many women to be uh, changing uh, what they eat and giving giving up the Prosecco or the drink just yet because there'll be an awful lot of parties happening uh, across the weekend primarily tomorrow being Women's Little Christmas kind of technically the end of Christmas I think you know isn't it really tomorrow that the tree comes down and it heads off to the recycling centre but anyway we've been talking a lot this morning about uh, you know the start of a new year and everything seems to be the things that you shouldn't do or the things that you should give up we were talking this morning about portion size eat less food lose weight exercise more get off your phone take a break from technology uh, give up this give up that give up the other an awful lot of messaging and all of it of course in the negative if you like I read a very interesting article in the examiner uh, from Dr. Richard Hogan the family therapist with the Therapy Institute he's a regular columnist with the examiner and he was talking about maybe trying to look at it through a more positive prism I suppose Richard good morning so people are people are kind of bombarded with all of this negativity at the start of every year would you agree it, it can't be good for you Oh, yeah, absolutely, Neil. Uh, happy New Year. I, I think it's very negative. The whole, the whole industry is is negative. It's, it's designed to make people feel, uh, you know, a deficit about themselves. And when we feel negative, we're more likely to buy whatever they're selling. And you know, we've got to celebrate. I mean, January is a tough enough month anyway. If we're giving up everything, where the hell is the fun? Mm, mm. And that kind of that kind of messaging, of course, then leads to possibly more. You were saying in the article more negativity, more self judgment, yeah. more self loathing. Is that right? Exactly, yeah, and that keeps the whole cycle going because the less you, the, the more negative you feel about yourself, and the lower you feel about yourself, the more susceptible you are to fall back on negative behaviours. And so it's all designed really to kind of keep it, go- to perpetuate it, to keep it going. And so what I'm trying to say is, like you know, try not to think about purging. I mean, not, you know, not try not to think about purging things out of your life. Try to be a bit more sensible. And a, a, a huge thing I'd always say, Neil, when I'm talking to people. If we were just a little bit more compassionate with ourselves, because I meet people who are so compassionate my clinic talking about others, um, and they have no compassion for themselves, and I hear that, and I ask them to 
I ask, can I hear how you talk to yourself? And I hear this really negative, critical voice. And if we were just a little bit more compassionate with ourselves... What, would that, typically, what would that typically be? Um, you know. Oh, that I'm, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not that good-looking, I'm not that funny, I'm very, you know, I'm going to get found out. People will know that I'm not this or, that, you know, I'm not that, you know, people don't like me, you're, you're a bit stupid. These are the voices, this is what's going on in people's heads all the time because the human brain is oriented more towards negative. It's more, it's more interested in, say, something being, you know, a, a danger. So yeah. it's always looking for that danger, you know. And so it's looking to hear that negativity. And we have to just be a little bit more positive. So go and f- how, fix, be, fix that then. Is it, is it literally talking to yourself more? Yeah, well, you see, we have sixty to 70,000 thoughts a day, Neil. And 90% of those are what we thought yesterday. So we're, we're thinking in patterns all the time. And if we just looked at that pattern and see how we're thinking to ourselves and where that developed from, you know, and with the family that we grew up in and how we were labelled by our parents and how that system labelled us and how we talked about ourselves as in relation to those labels. If we just heard how we speak to ourselves, we can actually rewire the, 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 the neural pathways in our brain to think more positively because it's all it is is a pattern. That's all it is, just a habit. And so thoughts are habits, they're not facts. And we can create better thought habits. That's all it is. And I would say for the new year, if you did, just did that one thing, Neil, you would change your life dramatically. If you started to be more intentional, it, it takes intentionality to begin with. Like, I am worthy. I am enough. I, you know, I, 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 as people love me, I, I, I have a lot to offer. Yeah. I start to say kind of like positive things. And I look for examples of those during the day. Let's say I am enough or I'm worthy. If I look for three examples during the day of that in my life, you start to reorient your brain towards being more positive in its outlook. And once it's more positive, I honestly believe everything's possible. And is there, there's probably more need for that kind of logic now or that compassion than ever before. Like I know of people who have gratitude journals and they, you know, they on a daily basis. And, and, and I'm just wondering, is that a good thing or, or a bad thing that you have to be, you know, so focused on having to write things down? And then I know of others that would finish their day and last thing before sleeping is they would give thanks for different aspects of the day. Is all of that a good way to be? Well, I think having gratitude is a very important thing to develop in, in all of us because we have so much bounty in our lives and we don't see it. That's the reality. We've never lived in it. I know this is going to sound kind of strange, but we've never lived in a better time in our history as a species. You know, we're, 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 we're living much longer. We have much better quality of life. We're, we're pulling far more people out of poverty than ever before. We have more equity in our, in our world than ever before. And so there's an awful lot of gratitude. There's an awful lot to be grateful for in our lives. Mm-hmm. And so just being a little bit more grateful is important. But I, I know a really important message also is needed because we're surrounded by this juggernaut of the mental health industry. And a lot of the stuff on TikTok and, you know, uh, out there in social media tells, tell us, tells us that we have to be absolutely brilliant all the time. And it's completely rubbish and what I'd say to people it's it's okay just to be okay okay is what most of us feel all the time you know the brain isn't really designed to for, for elation for continuous elation it's not designed for that we can have moments of that but it's generally more designed to look for the negatives in life yeah. and we can only yeah. you know and people I think there's an industry there that's designed to tell us we should be absolutely fantastic 24-7 and it's and fake and it's be, lies and it's, it's made fake. up and it's, it's manipulated fake. in the article you talk about taking I don't know that you take talk about taking time out from technology of those sorts, but certainly less time on it, yeah? Oh, absolutely. I think, and I do this myself, because I'm, I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I, I can get stuck on my phone absolutely too long, you know, and my wife might give out to me about it. But the less I'm on it, 
if I don't check it going to bed and if I don't check it first thing in the morning and if I allow myself to have my commute, which I love looking out the window and watching the landscape going past the window, that is actually, it's, for me, it's rejuvenating. And so technology, I don't think any of your listeners would say when they're on their technology and they get off, they feel rejuvenated. You feel anxious. You feel agitated. There's no doubt about it. I work in this space all the time. Yeah. No one gets off. No one gets off zombie scrolling thinking, wow, I feel great. No, that was really nice. And so the less we're honest, the more important, I think, the more chance we have of feeling good about ourselves. Because, Neil, really an awful lot about being happy has been connected to the world around you. And our technology actually disconnects us. But you, but you, are, you are aware of FOMO, aren't you? Fear of missing out. That's, uh, what it, that's a lot of what's driving that addiction to tech, isn't it? It is, but if you, if, you look, if you looked at what you're actually missing out on, a notification coming in or someone sending you some recipe or a picture of some meal in Barcelona, none of this has any meaning in your life, really. But, it, it, but they're designed for you. To, that's exactly how social media is designed because that keeps you in flux, that keeps you, you know, trafficking it. But if we actually looked at it and thought, what am I actually missing out on? Very little. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the, real, it, the real thing you're missing out on is life. Yeah, it's passing you by, stuck on a screen yeah. or constantly a slave to it. So it's, I mean, to, some, to some extent, it's like about being a little bit more selfish about yourself, isn't it? Oh, that's what I say to... Um, that's right. And I meet so many brilliant women in my clinic, you know, who come in and they're, they're really stuck in this paradigm that they got labelled when they were younger as the good daughter, particularly if they're the eldest daughter in the family and they were told that they're the good daughter, the good sister, the good mother, the good wife, right? And they're about in their mid-40s and they're thinking, God, my life is unsustainable. And I'd say to them, what's the worst thing? Because if you say yes all the time, what's the, what's the worst thing you think people could say if you said no? They'd say, well, that I'm selfish. And I'd say, and I'd say to them, well, what does selfish look like? And they say, like, you know, um, not doing, uh, you know, not doing things for others and not doing things for people. And I said, but you're not doing things for yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you need... Is that an Irish thing, not, fear of saying no? I think, it, yeah, I think it is. I think it comes from our family and I think it comes from a desire within the family to have your eldest daughter in particular help out. And as you move forward in life, it can become an incredibly um, overwhelming position for a woman to but find themselves in. But it's a very hard thing to battle against because surely we naturally would default to not wanting to upset or not wanting to disappoint. Yes, but this is what I would say. If you're constantly saying yes to people, your yes has no value. If you're not valuing, if you're not valuing yourself enough to say no, your yes has no value because you're stuck pleasing everybody else. And so there's, n- there's, none of, there's not, nothing authentic or real about what you're doing there. And you have to be more authentic and you have to be more real to yourself. When you say no to somebody, that's a very important thing. That's a really important thing because then you're valuing yourself. You're actually, that's not selfishness, that's self-care, Neil. And that's the message people need yeah. to understand, that yeah. self-care is not selfishness. Yeah. Just, just one, one other aspect, because I did read or hear somewhere recently that the universe that we are all part of, actually, if it yeah. were a person, it would be a very positive, happy, wanting everything in the world to be right type of a person. Is that right, that the universe wants us all to do well, yeah, as long as we try and live the best life? Would you, would you, deal, would you deal with people who maybe their unhappiness is because they feel as if they have failed, failed in life? And do you encourage them to perhaps challenge themselves more or get out of the rut or change that job or get out of that relationship? Would it, would it be that deep? That's a really good point. It's a really interesting point, Neil. And I'd say that um, you have, I always think of this line from T.S. Eliot, you have to dare to disturb your universe. I think people become kind of self-loathing and I think they become kind of trapped in a, in a belief that they can't move their life 
um, they're, they're stuck maybe in a job or they're stuck in a rut. You can always change. And, and I would say if you're really trying to be happy in your life and thriving, it's very difficult to be happy when, you, when you're not pushing yourself, when you're not reaching for something that you really desire. And I think people really desire things, but they're scared. Is it a fear of failure then kind of thing? Yeah, a fear, I think a fear of failure. And they believe that to reach out for something and if they don't, they don't get at it, let's say, they don't, it, 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 they don't bring it into their lives, it can be a terrible failure. But the reality is they're living in the failure because they're, they're fearful of reaching out. And the more you reach out, and the more, we, the more we become less fearful of failure because there's no failure, there's just learning moments. And the less fearful you're of that, the more you're going to disturb your universe, the more you're going to thrive in your life, the more you'll value yourself and respect yourself. Now you're thriving, you know, and now you're actually disturbing your universe and you're, become, you're becoming someone important in your life. Amazing, it's amazing. I always find your conversations amazing. So show yourself more compassion, show yourself less self-judgment, Try and rule out as much negativity um, and, and just be kinder to yourself. Absolutely, yeah. And stop you know, the message on TikTok and the message on social media. Don't, don't listen to them. Nice one, as always. Pleasure talking to you. Happy New Year, Richard Hogan, family therapist with the Therapy Institute. Incredible guy. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Cork's number one talk show. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. This is The Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gork's Red FM. We're talking about Richie from Richie's Food and Nature there a little earlier on. Some demolishing a big spice bag down in Yall and uh, joins me by WhatsApp. Richie! Neil, how's it going? Good, my man. I see the government want us to have less food on our plates. Oh, they want restaurants to serve less and takeaways to give lesser food in takeaways. What are your thoughts it's on all this? Grand. Oh, it's grand for them. It's grand for them. They're probably grazing on free bacon fries up the doll all day. And then they go for their dinner, they're not hungry. It's different for normal people. It's about we it's about wood. three quarters of a million tons of food waste every year, my man. Yeah, but Neil, you, you also see people when they're finished their dinners, you, you'd, you'd see them asking to box up the rest of the food to take away. Oh, and that's also to be made illegal. Doggy bags and takeaway. That's a joke. Yeah. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. Like, obviously, it's tough times out there for people. They could be bringing that home to their family. Maybe. Maybe. But why, why, why are they making it illegal to take food home? Because firstly, that's people not... are getting to FAT. And secondly, there's huge amounts of food Jeez. waste. And they should them, they them should get smaller portions. Huh? Does none of them look a picture of health <laughs> up in the doll? <laughs> do you, they can't be telling us what we can and can't eat. Do you know the food? Good money. You are paying good money. Do you know the food that you're eating? Do you eat it all? Oh no, no, definitely not. No, no, no. Um, like I actually I did two reviews down that way now the other day. Um, I literally ate a small bit of each. And my friend Ryan took um, most most of the second one away with him, and I took some home to my mother as well. Is that the the spice bag out of y'all? Was it? Uh, no, I didn't have a spice bag. Oh, sorry. Was, um, I had a, a chicken curry with um, spicy chips. Oh, I see. The spicy and, chips. There, yeah. were, there was batter on the chips. No, I didn't really like them. Batter on the chips. Yeah, they put batter on the chips. I never never saw the like of it before. Have you any idea what that's doing to your arteries? Um, well, I don't know. Like people think that I eat like that all the time, but I don't. You know what I mean? Like, it's just for video, just for TikTok. It's and Instagram. for videos, yeah. You know, like I, I, I rate places. Like I, I don't have to eat all the food, and I don't eat all the food. Neil, I'd be the size of a whale if I did. 
But I saw the, the recent video out of y'all with the with the chicken balls and the chips with fried and batter, and I saw the rice as yeah. well and the curry sauce and everything yeah. on top of it. It's an enormous portion for one person. It's way too big. Yeah, it's yeah. way too big. So no, why, no, no. why don't I, you agree, agree with them with... then that it should be half that size? Because, because you're paying the money for it. You should have the right to share with your family or whoever you want to. It's your money. You're paying for it. You know? but, but if people aren't like that's sharing still, it, that still that still cost me twenty odd euro, like so that should be feeding two people. Yeah, and it did. It fed my friend as well. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. Yeah, because if you bring it home, you can finish it later or share it with the family. Yeah, or... absolutely. It's it's your own choice what you do with it. They, they're just making rules for the sake of rules. No. Do you get? Do you get? Che- okay, because you don't eat it all then, so you don't. But I imagine yeah. at the same time you get regularly checked up with regards to your blood pressure and your cholesterol and your bloods and stuff. Well, the last time I got my cholesterol checked now was about six months ago, like, and everything was grand. So, um, like, uh, like I said, people think that I eat like that every <laughs> single day, and I don't. <laughs> like I do, I do cooking videos and stuff as well. Like, so. Okay. All right. Any, any interesting challenges coming up? Um, interesting challenges. I'm kind of done with challenges now for a while, Neil. Um, I had some spicy food there over in Albufeira. It, it was um, it was bad. <laughs> I was on the ball for the day after it. Ah. I didn't leave my apartment till two o'clock. <laughs> All right, my man. It was nice, yeah. Right. So okay, well, continue continue with your travels then, and down with anything yeah. like controlling food places, food sizes, oh, or no. plate sizes. None of that. Okay, that can't be happening. No, they shouldn't have the they shouldn't have the power to decide what we can and can't eat look after yourself as always take care happy new year to you Richie take care kid take happy care text 0868 pick up the phone on 0818 we got Brenda and Julie from uh, Left on Red next you're listening to Cork's number one talk show I just think he's a brilliant interviewer the Neil Prenderville show on Cork's Red FM text the Neil Prenderville show now 086-810-4106 Red FM in studio Julie and Brenda yet again Again, welcome back, gals. Thank you, Neil. Happy New Year. And you too. Big night tomorrow night, Big, all sold out yeah. for Little Women's Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Women's Little Christmas or Little Women's Christmas? Well, you know very well in Cork, it's Little I Women's know it's Christmas. Little Women's Christmas, yeah. it is. Yeah. 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 The International Hotel? Yes, the International. I'm sending Seamus along, so he'll be possibly the only man in the room. No, no, no? we have a couple of men yeah, coming we, as actually, well. We yeah, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. are you allowing that? When Spoil the they're fun. actually performing for the women. Are they men what take their clothes off? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're working then. Yeah, they're working men, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope they're wearing the Snickers for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a great night. Did you go? Did you go to the Vatican to meet the Pope? I did, yeah. I was Francis. listening to one of the. Did you also meet a, an Italian stallion when you were there? I met an Italian stallion, Paolo. I did at a ball. <laughs> well, like then he blocked me and all that kind of stuff no. after you know, so it didn't last long. Why does that happen? Well, I'll be frank with you here now. Why he blocked me is because I wouldn't sleep with him on the first date. Well, no, it was the second time meeting him. It would, yeah, okay. I well, met him in Rome when I was over there. I went on a bumble date, right? And ended up meeting him. And then we had a great time. And then I was gone away to New York for a certain something. Well done. Yes, thank yeah, you. I don't, well Julie, it's very hard for her to deal with the whole marathon because I didn't shut up about it. Um, so, and I, I hadn't, I was in Rome and then I was coming to New York and then I was going to Tenerife after. So he kept wanting to meet me. And he said, I'll come out and fly out to Tenerife for a weekend to meet you. I said, Grant, so I need, I don't like anyone sleeping in the bed with me. So I was like, you get your separate room now and everything. I'd say, no, you'd have an I'll get the leg over and on. <laughs> after like the first night I'd be down in the room with her but I 
you know what I mean? I didn't want to sleep with him because I just wasn't feeling it. And then it was grand. He went back to Rome and then things were a bit off for a few days when he was back. He went back on the Sunday night and then the Monday he was very quiet. The Tuesday, very like weightless, no, hardly no contact. And then the Wednesday told me, I was like, what's wrong? You know, you're a bit quiet and yeah, all that. Yeah. And he was like, you know what's wrong and all this. And I didn't know. And then it was something like to the effect of, you know, men need these things. Oh, and then I God said, said. yeah. And I remember, way to put it. And then I said, uh, is it, I said, is it because I didn't sleep with you? And blocked me. So obviously that was it. Yeah. It's, that's, that's, that's pretty sad, isn't it? You're ridiculous. Oh, yeah, but, my... But listen, I remember being with guys in Clarity. Would have shifted them, right? Kissed them, right? Swear to God, no. And they'd be like, come on home, mate, come on home. And you're like, I'm not going home with you, whatever. And it's I several times I sat up and, and then they'd meet someone else going on the street and they'd be going off with them, someone who would go home with yeah, them. I know. So you're uh, no good, but they'll find someone else who is yeah. good. And I wonder, do women feel pressurised like that? Well, you would have small bit before, but not anymore. But before, now you might feel a bit, you know, pressurised because it's embarrassing. Then when you see a fella, you're after shifting, and he's going on the street with someone else ten minutes later. And no, I mean you shouldn't feel embarrassed. No, no. But at the time, no, you at the time you would be embarrassed because your friends might be like, "Isn't that the fella you were with a while ago?" Yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. then we just go and get a nicer looking fella then and be no, like, "No, we yeah. would." Yeah, Which is what she would. did actually. She met another Italian I in Tenerife. Did, I did, did, yeah, yeah, Anton. I did twelve years my junior, by the way. So I'm a cougar. <laughs> is that allowed? Cougar. Well, he's a cougar. I thought he was way older. So I was let on. I was thirty three, five years off me. And, and when he was asking her, he was like, "How old are you?" And she was like, "Sorry." And he was like, "Sorry, what?" Why does Sorry. it matter anyway? It doesn't matter, but I think Brenda just got a bit embarrassed, so she yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, she yeah. was mumbling her age, yeah. so he wouldn't hear her. Yeah, so I'm, he knows now. I'd say, you know what I mean? He's listening to podcasts and he's figured it out. You know, he's born yeah. ninety-seven or something. Like, I mean, I used to finish your primary school. We were doing our leaving, sir. Do you know? But anyway. do, you, do you ultimately want to be like Julie? You know, find the right man, settle down, have the twins. And no, li- you know me, I don't want the children at all. But the whole man thing, to be honest, I was on a good few dates now over Christmas because I was in London. Well, then, do you want to settle down? But I, I swear, I said to one of the lads at work, I goes, come here, I don't know my asexual. And they were like, what's wrong with you? Cause this is the old last week. And I goes, I'm gone on four dates there with fellas over Christmas and not one of them I fancy. Right, but then some other fellow walked into what? the office and I was like, who's he? So I was like, what's no, I'm doing, not. What's she doing wrong, if anything? We're finding the icks. Every little thing you see gives us the ick. Yeah. That's our problem. But it's just don't fancy them. You have to have the fancy. Yeah. I think as well, Brendan, and he said that to you on the phone that night, I think we're just happy as well. Yeah. And it's okay to be happy, at, like single and happy, isn't yeah. it? Like but why, why then did I listen to an amazing podcast that you did on just on that topic of getting on, being successful, selling out the opera house, having a cracking podcast, being very open and honest about your lives, and yet people say nasty things. Yeah, that's mm. oh my god! It's it's the comment section, and um, no matter what, like no, like I think because we're both like from Cork and whatever, and like we're putting up, you know, two local Cork girls selling out the opera house, selling out the international now tomorrow night, and people just coming for us, being like, oh. Who are they? Like, yeah, I wouldn't they go love watch that. Them. Who are they? Who are they? Yeah, that, that that's a that's a. a big Why do you one. read them though? I don't. But you know what? Some people. No, but strange. you do. You did read them, and, and your mother read them. I listened to it, and, yeah. and you read them. So no, but what I are you sent doing? to us. They're sent to us. You get tagged on us. it. Yeah. It's kind of. Do you see that there about you? Yeah. Do you see that there about you? They love doing that. But some people get off on that, and they think they're caring about you. You know, they'd be like, come here, did you see that written about you? They love that. And that's as bad. And also what I think so is as bad. Somebody that does that is not a they're, friend. Do you know what they are? They're schadenfreuds. It's a German term I learned. It's someone who gets kind of um, joy out of seeing like bad Bringing stuff happening. you yeah. down. Yeah, schadenfreud. Under the guise they of I'm doing it. you a favour. Yeah, yeah. they pretend they care, but deep down they're loving. And there's a lot of schadenfreuds going around. Yeah. And is that, is that, you also said that you find that it's women against women. Yeah, I always say that. I think it's mm. like, especially like, 
like women our age that are at home with the kids or they just forever coming at us no yeah. matter what we do they come for us and that's just not us it's everyone behind you know social media or whatever doing a podcast they come for so us so you can't you don't go looking for it but you're saying you can't avoid hearing or seeing it yeah exactly okay. like that now okay. they're being screenshotted and sent to us and be like oh my god Julie did you see this oh. like never mind that take no notice yeah. of that oh, that's like, a good one, I yeah. didn't even see that yeah. comment until you sent it to me yeah I know do you know yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of you that know, carry yeah. on which is very annoying yeah. or even the people that like the nasty comments oh they're the worst they, I, I, think, I don't oh, like them at all they're the worst we'll say now if someone said oh, I can't stand that Julie Haynes right and Brenda Dennehy likes it Brenda Dennehy's the worst I think Brenda's worse than the one who wrote it. Yeah. yeah, and you'd know these people. It's funny. I'll tell you a quick one. There was a girl that I, we really helped here on the show. I think we got her on five grand back. Right? Isn't that the woman you said in the podcast she had a problem with the travel agent or something? Yes, on this show we got her the money back, and there she was writing bad stuff about me, like. What the hell? Because it was an article I had done about something. Like, That's incomprehensible, though, to me. This, it's, I couldn't, this is, this, this happens. Julie, you'd have someone probably messaging you, going, love you, Julie, you're brilliant, whatever. And then they're writing nasty yeah. stuff about you. And it's not even the comments, but they go as far as, like, I've seen this lad there for a couple of weeks. They found him. Like, I kept him very private, never named him, never took any pictures, shared any pictures of us or anything. They found him, went to his local gag club. The gag, Who's like, the day now, Julie? The trolls. They went to the gag club he plays for. I was like, do you know this fella is seeing Julie Haynes? She's an off. She's an off feature, that one. That one. Went to the gag club, went to his local rugby club, went Why? to his sister. Why? I have no idea. Shad and prides. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, and is it a Cork thing or is? Oh it? no, it's it's not a Cork it's, thing. It's, it's a, everywhere it, worldwide. I don't know. I don't know. Is it worldwide though? They, they say that all too often we love to we love oh, yeah. everybody and everyone's fine as long as they're staying in line. And the minute go on, pick up. Well, the no, minute they try gonna, and get above, they them, succeed. The not minute, above like, themselves, yeah. but the minute they do start doing better, they, oh, they want to bring them down. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, an Irish I, thing, though. Is oh, it? can I just say one thing? The doing that Patrick Keelty gets from the Irish, I think, is despicable. I know nothing about that. You see, I don't live. I've often wanted to come on your show. I think I even said it to Seamus, whoever needs someone to come on. I'm reading the comments. Give the man a chance. The stuff that's written about him is, and it's an Irish thing. Mm. It's a big Irish thing because I genuinely don't see that same level of begrudgery. You have to ignore it. I know that, but I'm saying for him, I'm reading. And I'm like, what is the issue here? Give the man a chance. Not even Patrick Kilty, but thousands of others they're just someone's doing well for themselves we'll bring him down bring him down now they have notions now oh she's notions now because she's after I don't know like getting a number one record or something or yeah, yeah. you know what I mean like a top podcast or she's Miss Ireland or something the notions yeah. but you know? it clearly gets you down though because uh, just even listening to you now and also listening to that particular podcast it, it, you were full on in it like you were you were giving it Holly and if, if, if you didn't care about it as you shouldn't nor watch it but now you're telling me you can't avoid it because other people send it to you yeah. you're, you're giving it fuel and listening listening now are some of those trolls right now here and they're getting a great kick out of this oh they are yeah. yeah and the thing about myself and Brenda we're, we can take it I actually yeah. can't take it I troll the troll most of the time and you would have seen that on my Instagram and no, stuff like that no. like a lot of people a lot of the trolls would be like oh look her brother knows babes and the kids again but we're doing something tomorrow night at the show my brother's going to come out and do a bit of an act and we're trolling the troll back basically what he's going to do tomorrow night um, I do like they are not. Uh, they always say I'm a bad mom. So what I do then really? is, yeah. So really, yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I made this <laughs> reel. I have the yeah, call me a bad mom all the time. So the other day, or a couple of weeks ago, I made this reel and I was pretending I was making the twins' school lunches and, that, and I got a bottle of prime and a can of prime and I started pouring them into their water bottles. Sure, the trolls went crazy, but sure, I was only making this whole thing up. But do you do you accept that if you put yourself out there, that you need to expect to be knocked back? 
Do you know when people say that about politicians? They say that always. Ah, sure, they put themselves out there now. You know, to be able for. I don't like not necessarily all the time. No, but like, w- w- not not everybody likes what I do, nor likes me. Yeah. But, but I accept that as being a fact, and that that's life. Oh, what I you find know? is, before and off, I thought someone didn't like me. I'd be so upset, but I can't control what anyone thinks about yeah. me. And that saying is, what other people think about you is none of your business. Yeah, yeah. I don't get a huge, massive trolley at all. I might get a few, but. It might upset you for like a second, but then I leave it go over my head. I would never go out there necessarily looking for stuff written bad stuff about but me. But is it better to be that way and getting that rather than to be anonymous and ignored? How and do you mean? Is li- living a very quiet, no, some might well, say, you see the success, dull, uneventful life. Well, no, you see the way I see it now, moving forward with the podcast, how well we're doing. I see big, massive things for it, and like it's going to be we have big plans for this year. Would I give up the podcast for a few trolls? Absolutely not. And there's no such thing either as bad publicity. So no, if they're talking, not. right? We know we're doing something Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but it hurts. <laughs> Not all. I like. Well, for my, we're kind of used to it now. This yeah. is, I'd be just worried for the poor girl that is mad to do Instagram or mad to set up a podcast, but she's nervous because of the trolls. I'm just worried for her or him that wants to set up a podcast or wants to do some sort of social media, but they're nervous because of the trolls. Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, it's awful. It is really, really awful. Mm. Mm. That's the world we live in, though. Yeah. yeah. The it's success overcomes any of that. Like the success yeah. we're having now would hundred times overcome it like you just yeah, pick yeah. that over a troll it's, and hard, it's harder it's much harder for women though it, it is because, oh, because absolutely because what you were talking about recently on different podcasts yeah. was the whole area of you, you, you've put on too much weight you've lost too much weight yeah. that yeah. looks awful on you the talking behind your back you can't win you can't like, win men don't get that no, no at all no, no, and it's no. women trolling women I tell you a good one there's another influencer there she put up a picture of her husband he looked very frail and thin and she said there was the, the whole post was uh, trolls on him but it was all women on a man yeah like come on yeah you know all women on a man as well like do you know mm. clear up your act like mm. in fairness a lot of people are interacting an awful lot more online with the two and telling their stories sharing oh, yeah. their own experiences yeah. that's fantastic yeah, yeah that's all we want stories. we didn't want any celebrities or anything on the podcast what we want is real life stories telling real life yeah, yeah exactly and that's what we have been doing the last yeah. year like yourself yeah. Neil as well you know yeah. it's always about the person story yeah. you know what yeah. I mean yeah. Yeah. you'd yeah. pick yeah. that any day over a politician are you looking for any good chat up lines I've got a lot I love a good day. chat up line I actually have that on my Bumble account love a cheeky chat up line love them if you were a potato you'd be a sweet potato <laughs> Go on. Uh, you see this jacket? It's boyfriend material. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. Do you use any ones? Corny ones? No. I like They'd the give one. Give me um, the ick. No, I wouldn't be into them. I usually okay, the one. so that's one of the icks. Yeah. Uh, those are nice arms. Could I see how they feel around me? Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> no. I like them then. <laughs> Your icks at the moment include um, uh, Insta pages for dogs. You have some nerve. That, Winston has no, an No, no, no. Someone said that about me and my dog. <laughs> they said that about Winston. And then, but you see, I said, then you've got your child who's nine months is your profile picture. What's going on there? Jolie's Winston yeah. is Winston. Slurping, slurping tea and coffee. Yeah, somebody yeah. sent that into us. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another one that was almost totally, I won't even go into this on morning radio, uh, but it was kind of more adulty. Underwear mishaps at a oh, recent yeah. photo shoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Gosh, no. can go, you have to listen to the podcast. You can that listen one. to the podcast yeah. about yeah. underwear mishaps yeah. at a recent photo shoot. Nice to be doing photo shoots, though. Yeah, yeah. Are you going I know. Up? I, no, I'm 
Notions. Notions. Okay. So tomorrow night then, good luck with it. Thanks very Thank much, you. Neil. Uh, what time? Oh, it's sold out, I guess. They've sold out in two, or three minutes. Yeah, three minutes. Three minutes sold yeah. out. It's yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah it's, it's mad. Incredible. She's going to put on a second night. We, we, they, they, we're going to take it on the road. Yeah, we're going to yeah, yeah, take yeah, it on the road. We'll be back again yeah, taking yeah. it on the road. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had more time. I could talk to you all morning. Listen, it's good to catch up with you. Good luck with Good luck with tomorrow night. Thanks, Neil. I'm looking forward to the audio from Monday's programme. Yes, we are too. So happy Women's Christmas tomorrow. Have a a couple of glasses of Prosecco and for you, Tanora. Yeah, <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> Look after yourselves All as right, always. Thank That's you. Julie and Brenda. Check them out on Left on Red. You can get involved in our conversation, my conversation with the girls as well. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Um, actually, I'll tell you what I, will, what I will do at this stage rather than go for the break is I'll bring in uh, our musician. We've got live music in studio. So unfortunately, guys, you have to dash because we have Cahal O'Sullivan coming in. Um, I'll just do another few of those uh, chat-up lines, if you like, uh, because we got an awful lot of them uh, with regards to tickets for the Opera House for the Panto. Uh, oh, yeah, I did that one. If I were a dog and you were a flower, I'd lick, lift up my leg and give you a shower. Oh, lad, you couldn't say that to anybody. Do you want to go halves on a baby? Nah, don't like that one either. Can I borrow a kiss? I promise I'll give it right back. If you were an angle, you'd be an acute one. <laughs> Says Donna and Balanhasig. Um, are you a parking ticket? Because you got fine written all over you. Um, I wish it was cross-eyed so I can see you twice. I must be in a museum because you're truly a work of art. <laughs> It's insane. I think that maybe Carlos Sullivan is looking at me here wondering what your man has gone on about. Welcome to studio, my friend. You and Guitar. Congratulations for making the journey from Celine and East Cork. How's life? Very good yourself. I'm very good. You playing are you playing many places at the moment? I am, yeah, kind of a two or three every weekend kind of a job. Okay, like where? Um from for my own solo gigs, kind of anywhere around Cork City, really, uh, anywhere around Cork County really. Um So you're in a band as well as doing solo stuff? Yeah, I am indeed. It's called uh, Chelf. We play kind of uh, Crane Lane, Pavilion, Poor Relation, um, any of those kind of All good gigs. locations, great yeah. venues. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have a tradition here of playing out live with a Cork artist on a Friday, always. And so thank you for being our chosen guest this morning. What, what kind of stuff do you do? Is it rock? Is it pop? Is it ballads? Uh, normally kind of uh, anything rock or pop. Um, my, the thing I kind of, I suppose the unique thing that I do is a very uh, wide array of kind of songs. Like one song I might be doing... Ed Sheeran, the next one, I'll be jumping into Talking Heads like uh, right next to each other. So All right, okay. If, if I had a choice, I'd go for Talking Heads. I'd, heads, but yeah. <laughs> do whatever you decided to do this morning. What is it going to be? Uh, it is actually going to be Talking Heads, so you'll be delighted. All right, um, bring it on. It'll be Psycho Killer by Talking Heads. Oh, even better. <laughs> me, I'm over live wire, psycho killer, just to say, fa 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 better, run, 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 run away, oh, psycho killer, just to say, fa 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 fa
you're talking a lot, but you're not saying anything. When I have nothing to say, my lips are sealed. Say something once, but I say it again. Psycho killer, just to say, fa 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 better. That is Very one hard-working guitar. <laughs> it is, I. <laughs> it earns its stripes, that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. David Byrne would be proud of that. That's an incredible I would version. hope so. I would love to see more of that. So, you said places like the Crane Lane then, other gigs like that? That's yeah, fun. so if you're looking for uh, Chelf, the band, it would be places like Crane Lane, the Pavilion, um, anywhere, uh, Poor Relation. And then if you're looking for myself, I am playing in... The Lodge in Myrtleville tomorrow for Good Little spot. Women's Christmas. Good spot. Oh, yeah. well, you're going to have your work cut out for that <laughs> know, one. Yeah. <laughs> be ready for a lot of requests, I'm sure. I'll have some songs to learn. A couple of Joe Dolan songs. We can go, <laughs> we can go down to a lot of songs to learn then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for popping in, pal. That was no, incredible. Bother, anytime. Absolutely loved it. Well done. Thank you so much. Carlos Sullivan. Great, great talent. So much talent on Lisa. I know I've said it over and over. One or two more chat-up lines. Make sure you're listening to Stephanie a little later on today for your chance to win tickets for the Opera House. But you've got to get your chat-up line in. Text 0868104106. Paul and Cove says, uh, I'm sorry, can I call you a Garda? I think you've stolen my heart. Oh, wait, they get worse. I'm learning about important dates in history. Want to be one of them? And if the universe was a person, it would want us to be happy. What Christmas cracker did you get that one from, Neil? Well, I don't make them up. I just read them out. Do you believe in love at first sight or will I walk past again? Imagine George Clooney or somebody saying something like that. Anyway, I love you. Leave you with those chat up lines. Everything else will pick up. The Neil Prendeville Show.
Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM.